The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games to play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who is thankful for Sonic, Josh Borboni. How are you doing, sir? How has your month been? What's going on, man? I'm good. I am grateful for Sonic. What a what a weird uh, sentiment. <laughs> Two good movies, and now this. What kind of <laughs> world are we living in? Well, I Very mean, it's Sonic, hey, it's Sonic's world. We're all just living in it, right? No kidding. I got to go fast. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, you know, we'll obviously get to the game stuff. Uh, and we you know thank you, listeners, for joining us on our uh, monthly adventure that we have been doing here lately. Uh, but, uh, Josh, how's life going, man? What's been going on for the last month? Ooh, it's hard to tell what we talked about and what we didn't talk about now. <clears throat> Because yeah, uh, life goes by fast, and it does. You know, whatever Ferris Bueller said, um, probably rings true. I just can't quote it, which makes me a bad movie guy. I think. Uh, uh, yeah, life has been good. Uh, I think the last time we, well, the last time we talked, I think I was freshly in my new. Well, maybe not freshly. I was in still my new job. Sorry, I did not turn my phone on silent. Because this is the life I live now. Like, who cares? You're just popular. <laughs> who cares? No, it's a uh, free. I owe somebody money, right? No, it's <laughs> Oc- it's Oculus Quest. Hey, if anyone wants to get an Oculus, let me know. I can get you a thirty dollars credit. That's what that text was. Oh, good to know. And then I'll get one also. It's full disclosure. Oh boy, they really want me to get you on that. <laughs> uh, so I've been promoted at work already, which has been interesting and challenging and fun yeah when we podcasted last month you had i think just found out you were going to get promoted and like we're starting either that week oh or the yeah following week. yeah 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 so i'm in that i'm in that position now i'm in that role and we just this week finished our annual um well i guess you would call it your our fiscal inventory Ooh, exciting we yes, just com- yes. completed our inventory which was lots of counting and lots of in fact, my boss my boss decided to take Friday off because he worked probably 70 hours Monday through Thursday. Mm. He didn't take it off. He just had to work from home. So he was calling me on Friday looking for parts and uh, things. And he's like, hey, do these counts. And he called me back. He's like, you said you found this. Where did you find it? And I'm like looking right at it. And he goes, that's a $60,000 item. <laughs> and I was like, Okay. And he's like, and you can see it? And I was like, yeah, I'm touching it right now. <laughs> he's Should like, I oh man, you just, saved, you just saved like- us. <laughs> he's like, you just saved us $60,000. I was like, great. Congratulations to us. And he's like, we're going to come in. We came in at about over 99% accuracy on inventory. And I said to him, that's going to make it real tough for next year, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> And he was like, oh, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. That bar is going to be pretty high. I was like, it can't get higher than 
I mean, it can get 1% higher. Right. But we can't hit that. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, work's been going good. It's been challenging. I've been very busy. We shut the whole plant down until inventory was done. So, yeah, uh, Friday, I had more work in one day than I have had in my two months working there. So that was Dang. that was challenging. <laughs> and my boss took a work from home day, so I don't have any support. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, I think things are good, uh, you know, uh, outside of work. The home life is, is, is good. Uh, nothing to report so to speak. So that's fine in that regard. Uh, I know I'm not being too convincing on that, on that end, but just no, you're I, don't fine. Anything, I don't have anything to talk about in that regard. Everything is going swimmingly. <laughs> How uh, about you? I know you're super busy. Yeah. How's I mean, it's been for you. Yeah. Things are busy, but things are good before I, we totally transition though. Um, are you like on a cruise countdown at this point now? Uh, yes. Cruise stress down, stress up. Okay. <laughs> One of the two. We still haven't booked our flight, which has been pretty stressful because we're, yeah, we're almost, we're just about, we're less than two months away from the cruise. So I'm like, why haven't we booked our flight yet? Uh, this needs to happen sooner than later. I mean, I'll drive, but that means I have to take an extra day <laughs> off and pay a lot. Right. Well, probably not a lot more. Pay just as much to park than it would be to to get it. well flights are really weird right now it's just i don't know that i've ever had an experience with booking a flight in the past like i have now between like bags not being included oh i know it's annoying and um every airline wants me to fly spirit airlines and i'm like i'm not doing that <laughs> that is crazy <laughs> i will pay triple the price for one ticket to fly not spirit airlines because like why would you ever try to fly somewhere where you've only ever heard of terrible things? Right. Yeah. Like I get why it's so cheap because it's horrible. <laughs> so I'm not doing that. <laughs> so we're just trying to get like good prices on, on spirit and I'm not, no, sorry, <laughs> not on spirit. Um, and yeah, I can't wait. We got to book some excursions. I think we're waiting for black Friday to book our excursions. Cause I guess Royal Caribbean does sales on black Friday. Oh, gotcha. Um, and if we can't do excursions, it's fine. We'll just stay in the boat and play board play games. Some games. Not a big yeah. deal. <laughs> uh, I just hate not, to be in Jamaica and not get off the boat. That would be That weird. is true. That is true. That would be very <laughs> odd. Uh, so obviously I'll probably, we'll dump, jump into this more next month, I would assume. But are there any games that you're like really hoping to get the opportunity to play while you're, you know, on your cruise? There are. There are a bunch of games I kind of want to get to play. Um and they kind of come and go. I don't know that I can give you a whole bunch off the top of my head. That's uh, fine. It, it may be a topic in December, just so you know. Yeah. Well, because I see like a nice terror video and I go, oh, yeah, I really want to play that. And that will mm -hmm. be the, great, the perfect time to do it because we're not buying it. Right. Um, and that actually just happened like two days ago during one of the un unboxing videos they posted. I was like, oh, yeah, I want to play that. But um, right now, off the top of my head, I couldn't necessarily give you a specific game um maybe if i pull up bgg because honest i'm just really looking forward to playing games with people right um you know what flamecraft is on my list oh yeah yeah and even though i own arc nova i would like to one of the nice things about like conventions like this is 
people will teach you how to play the games. Right. So Ark Nova is on that list. Also Heat, um, that pedal to the metal, the mm, racing yes. game from, I think it's Renegade. Uh, that's probably more interesting to me than my wife. Um, I think Heat's Days of Wonder, actually. Days of Wonder. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Um, and there's got to be more. I'm looking at the hot list right now. That's why those Oh, gotcha. Because like, uh, yeah, um, um, Dwellings of Eldervale is a game that I'm just so curious about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah there's a bunch of games i'm just really excited to, to be able to talk about what we played because really they'll this is what we would do at like packs unplugged we would just sit down to play a game we owned like that wasn't uncommon it's just a game right. we hadn't played yet yeah uh so like any game i own that i really want to play that could maybe like uh inspire ashley to want to play it when we get home Mm-hmm. It's a win. It's a win-win situation for me. Uh, yeah, you know, because I'm like, oh yeah, do you remember when we played, you know, fill in the blank, and you loved it? We own that. So when we get home, we can play that more. Like, I'm really excited to do things like that. Um, but also, I, I, you know, I just kind of really look forward to playing games that are either inaccessible to me, mm-hmm. uh, or something maybe I didn't back, which really kicked me, like Flamecraft. Not only did I not, I was backing it and I had to cancel it because I was backing like two games at the same time. But now, like my wife's seen photos of it online and she's like, why didn't we back this? And I'm like, Err. Uh, <laughs> we were backing uh, it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we had to not back it just so we could back whatever other game. It was probably Frosthaven, to be honest, or or, or something else. No, Have not Frosthaven. Frost I haven't gotten any shipping notifications. I got my. Uh, email for the narrator. Yep, I got app, that too. Which I downloaded and I listened to a sampling of it. So I'm excited to check that out. Um, but like my my buddy Joe likes he you know he's our DM, so he also mm-hmm. likes to like get into character and read Frosthaven stuff, uh, Gloomhaven stuff. So while I want to experience what I like is included in what I paid for, I also want to like let him do what he is passionate about as well. So. Maybe we can, well, I think we're going to try to work it out where we can read, he'll read certain things and then we'll let the narrator do certain things so we can do the best of both worlds. Because even the sample has like background sound effects, right? Like wind and water crashing and and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, enough about me. Talk to me about you. Yeah, so things are busy and good. <laughs> like, it, you know, since we... Our last episode, like that next four weeks since then, is like my busiest time at work, like in the fall time. Like, so between that and just trying to keep up with schoolwork and everything like that, like things have just been super busy. I've played way less games than I than I would like to have. Um, but, you know, the end is in sight, at least for the first semester. Um, I have, a, you know, three weeks really of like kind of work, quote unquote, left. And then I get a month off, which I'm really looking forward to. Nice. Um, of class, but that doesn't mean I don't have work and things like that still. But, you know, there's just so many games, both board and video games, that I, I just have not really had the opportunity to dig into anywhere near as much as I'd like to. Um, and I, I would like to remedy that. So, uh, yeah, it's been good. Um, just because with how busy everything has been, like, there's not much else going on, right? There's not a lot of other things to tell, per se. Uh, so I feel kind of bad and I feel kind of boring because, like, even when I, like, talk to my mom on the phone, she's like, what's going on? I'm like, I go to work, I come home, I eat dinner, I do homework, 
I go to bed. I do the same thing the next day. That's like all I do. It's like yeah. literally basically every day. Um, other than like two nights a week, I try to like set aside time that like Eric and I will like watch a movie or watch like the Great British Baking Show or whatever it might be. Like, you know, we try to do that like two nights a week for, you know, a couple hours. And then after that, she's like starting to wind down and get ready for bed. And then I go back and I go do more homework. So it's it's not been a ton of time to um, play anything, but things are going well. Like I, I'm really enjoying my program. Classes are good. Um, yeah, things are going well. It just is really uneventful as far as like what my life is right now. So, um, I mean, I literally have like in the next room, I have a stack of like articles that I read like in the last month. I was like, so if you really want to talk about like, um, I mean, actually, you know what? I probably even have a window up here. Let's see here. Um, let's see. Do I have something up here that would be reasonably potentially interesting? Probably not. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So what I will say um, is I, I have decided that my dissertation is likely going to be related to esports. Wow. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Um, but yeah, I was like, I was looking for like a fun something on here that I have. And I just really um, don't have something that's that cool and fun to talk about up here because <laughs> it's all like esports like. Kids, school like is fun and cool. <laughs> don't worry. Well, I mean, it, it is fun. It's, it's super nerdy, though. Like you have to be like super like into the thing that you're like want to study and that's what's like tough about it and why it's not right for everyone because some you know some things are just not all or there isn't an opportunity to do that like like all my like this article like one of the articles i have up student success retention and graduation definition series practices patterns and trends super like that's super exciting right like that's a super i almost fell asleep while you're reading it (laughs) (laughs) so you know it's just stuff like that so um but yeah no it's been it's been good um but like i said it's just very interesting and like the things that i'm interested in the things i'm going to be researching and, and doing like my dissertation on are just really different than my classmates too um yeah they're doing really like important work and i'm doing something that i think is really fun so we'll see you know um uh, but it, it'll be good it'll be good either way um you know i'll be adding i'll be creating new knowledge and that's what it's all about i guess so We'll see what happens, but so far so good. Things are things are things are fine. So yeah, nice. Hey, uh, do we want to you know get on with the show as they say? Yeah, of course. Let's do it then. Hey, thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, send any feedback, questions, or suggested topics to at Board of the Fiji on Twitter for however long Twitter still exists, uh, or check out the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. Uh, we're proud to be part of the Play Some Video Games podcast family, and we encourage you to check out all the shows like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack psxp and dollar cinema if it ever returns uh you never know when a new show might pop up so be sure to stay tuned to all your favorite psv ch- psvg podcasts to stay up to date i will say psvg man they have been going long there is podcasts whoo putting ours <laughs> to shame now as far as length goes um but we're also a member of the dice tower podcast network so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world we encourage you to check out the dice tower podcast as well as all of the other members of the network no matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. With that, I look at what Josh has listed for his games to play. And Sorry. goodness gracious, Josh, <laughs> what have you been playing, sir? My gosh. Well, it's been a month, right? I actually was thinking about this because of games that we're going to get in December. And I was like, yeah. man, this is like the new October. Uh, when we have, or last, or the new this year's February. <laughs> uh I just can't even, I can't even believe, I think Midnight Suns comes out the same day as Callisto Protocol. 
Yeah, I think they're both December 2nd. Yeah. Which is crazy to me because I'm going to be getting that as well. Uh, not to mention the the devil inside in me, devil inside me, whatever just came out Friday. Yep. Which is the new Dark Pictures I game. I haven't seen reviews for that game. Did anyone review I, it? Uh, I've seen some people say like um, uh, the that that stereotypical all caps. I have thoughts. Stay tuned for my review. Uh, oh, gotcha. Okay. So I'm not sure with where where we're going, but we're gonna play it anyways. Who cares how bad it is or how good it is? We're, we'll play it together at some point. Uh, that, wink, wink, it might have be a, a, a Christmas gaming <laughs> session with us, not yeah. on Christmas, but you know, Halloween game at Christmas time. It's fine. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get there. Uh, uh, so let me start with some quick ones, right? So I I started playing. Uh, oh, how do let's start? Where did I start with this? Okay. Well, since we've recorded, I did participate in Extra Life. Yeah, you did. Uh, so. A lot of the gaming I talk about will be in regards to Extra Life. I didn't do any of the board gaming stuff because I just felt like it took away from the stream. But they did have an extra room set up this year with uh, with a Magic the Gathering tournament and some board games. And and actually, I thought was really funny, or not funny, maybe more interesting was... Um, so I traveled with Kevin Austin uh, of of PSVG fame and now of Fluxpose fame, uh, where we've done this together every year of Extra Life, and uh, we always sit next to each other. Like that's how the layout is at Extra Life. They don't just sit us together. So um, right behind us, a group of guys came in and they set up a whole the big giant Champions of Midgard board game behind us. Oh, and I was just like, it's a game I own that I've never played. A la yeah. like Dice Cruise, like teach me how to play. And of course, I was I looked at it and I'm like, oh my god, Champions of Midgard. And the guy goes, we need a fourth. Do you want to play? And I'm like, oh man, do I ever want to play? But I ca- I can't do it. I want to. I want you to show me the way, but it didn't happen. Uh, oh, but they no. played. They played for hours. <laughs> it would have <laughs> taken up my like my most of my stream. Um. So that was going on. We played a bunch of games that we'll talk about. I do want to mention, because Kyle generously donated, uh, he asked uh, me to play Persona 5 Royale for 30 minutes, and that was like 28 minutes of my life I can't get back. Um, I hated every second of that. Uh, Are you serious? You hated it? uh, Hate is a strong word. I really just disliked the lack of control. And how much dialogue there was for 30 minutes, man. It was rough. And I was like, well, I'm hearing that I'm getting tutorials 100 hours in, and I can't even imagine playing this for an hour. Forget 100. I just, it wasn't for me. Uh, And even when they gave you control of the character, you could not move. You could only move in the direction they wanted you to move. It is pretty on rails for the first number of hours. It does open up. But it is yeah. on rails at the beginning. And, Probably and, for the first, I mean, six to eight is pretty on rails. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy for you to say that and still be on board with this game. Uh, <laughs> uh, as much as I love a linear game, I don't mean literal. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, at I that mean, point, I might stylish, just play though, a full right? motion video game. It is certainly stylish. You're not wrong there. 
That is an inarguable point. It is stylish. <laughs> so is this, would it be, would that still be saved on your stream at this point? Oh, it's on my stream. I, well, oh, I don't gonna... know when that goes away. If the, if my stream is still up, it's on there, yeah. I'm going to go scrub through that and see if I can find that. Okay. Right, good luck. <laughs> we didn't have like as many hiccups this year as we did the last couple of years, but there was a point when we started where the hosts came over to us and they were like, hey, you guys got to go Wi-Fi. Our Ethernet's not working. And then Kevin couldn't use his PS5 at all because <laughs> the PS5 was so bad running on Wi-Fi. He couldn't even stream like his Twitch oh. wouldn't work. His camera wouldn't work. Uh, not to jump on the PS5 because also my Xbox wouldn't even recognize my webcam. So I couldn't even use my oh. webcam. So I had my own issues. So it was no webcam for me. Kevin couldn't stream at all on, on PlayStation until midnight when people left and then the Ethernet bandwidth freed up. <laughs> wow. So we were streaming Wi-Fi for 12 hours. Goodness Which gracious. was fine for me on the Xbox. I had no issues. So Kevin and I played a lot of Xbox games. Um, so let's talk about uh, Extra Life games. So uh, what did I play at Extra Life? Well, um, on the games I listed, the only game I played at Extra Life is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Um, and I beat it. It's a campaign. I did play a the co-op. Mm-hmm. Mode. Sorry, I got really weird gas popping up bubbles everywhere. Uh, so I'm burping like uh, on mic <laughs> and off mic. Um, so we played the co-op uh, missions. I mm-hmm. it, it really reminded me of um, Ghost Recon, like the first ones, like Future Soldier, whatever those yeah. games are called, like the ones on Xbox 360. Um, and there's probably like a Call of Duty version of it that I just had never played before, or maybe we tried once. But we played together uh, just one of the modes. It took us a few tries. We kept dying because we were lacking communication. But we eventually figured it out and mm-hmm. had like a ton of fun doing it. Uh, felt, it felt really good uh, playing a game where you relied on communication and teamwork. And that was like paramount to playing the game. Like You couldn't survive the AI without teamwork because they just rush. Right, like the computer's just like, oh, just spawn these people that aren't existing in the map. <laughs> so that's what they did. So we played that uh, and had a lot of fun. I played through the campaign. I was very surprised that this is a revision and remaster of Modern Warfare Two. I kind of was expecting I was going to get the Modern Warfare Two campaign that oh, I had previously okay. played. Yeah, nope, and was not. I was very surprised. Not only. I have a lot of things to say about this campaign. And the first thing I'm going to say is I really wish I played it on a 4K screen. Mm. Um, And I will because I can play it at home now. But because I played it at Extra Life on a 1080p 26-inch TV, uh, I didn't get the the full experience. It's a good-looking game. But even even on a 1080p 26-inch screen, it is the best-looking game um, cutscene-wise that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's, on a it's, regular TV. <laughs> it's a it's a good good looking video game there that Call of Duty is. That yeah. is for sure. I was truly blown away. I didn't expect it to look as good as it did. Uh, I, uh, we'll talk in December about how I really feel about this game. Spoilers, uh, because we're gonna do our game of the year stuff. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, but man, 
just when I think like I'm about to give up on this Call of Duty thing. You liked it that much, huh? It really just uh every mission felt unique. And that's saying something because of how much I love the modern warfare campaign. Mm-hmm. Every mission felt unique and different and challenging. Yeah. And even sometimes I would skirt like by like I'd be like, oh, I probably shouldn't have been able to get away with that. But I did. And it made mm-hmm. me but then like later I'd pay for things like, oh, now I'm paying for my skirting because this mission is very hard and I can't skirt around it. Like yeah. I have to be very like there's a, a specific mission where you have to be very just like slow, plotting, methodical to get through it. And I felt that. But um, I felt like I earned it. So I, I don't think this is a spoiler just because I think this is something that happens in most Call of Duty. Are you referring to the sniper mission? No, I'm referring to the mission where you have no weapon. Oh, gotcha. And okay. you're injured. Yep, yep, yep. yep, like, yep. I was okay. like, oh boy. I can, I can see where a lot of people might look at it and be like, oh man, I hate this. This is frustrating and terrible. But I I was just like, how do I get through this? It felt like a Metal Gear Solid mission, which I really enjoyed. Um, in fact, playing this new one, I felt like it had—it was a hybrid of a lot of different games, which I don't know that I felt like that in any Call of Duty before this. So right. I'm very, very, very impressed with Modern Warfare 2. Um, and then I played some more last night with uh, Tom Servo over on the on the Flux to Post servers where we played some DMZ. Mm. On the Modern Warfare, on the, uh, no, what is it called? Technically, it's called Warzone 2.0. Yeah. And then I, I convinced them to play some third player, uh, third person mode uh, matches. So we played <laughs> some third person, uh, which I will say, I didn't know this existed. I played it Extra Life. It really is basically SOCOM, Call of Duty SOCOM. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's so good. Um, but it's a departure. Which I think I'm really good at it. Because I'm playing people who don't know how to play that mode, uh, which is fun for me. Uh, so we played that a bit. That was a lot of fun. And the DMZ mode is fun, too, because it really feels like uh, the Division um, Dark Zone stuff. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Division, good segue myself. Uh, Kevin Austin and I played the Division 2 a bunch at Extra Life. Really? And- I had a freaking blast. That game is so good. I, I was every like, time why am I not playing this game every day? Yeah. We had every time so I, much fun. And every time I've just, ever gone back to it, I'm just like, man, this game really is a good time. Yeah. And it, it feels so good. It looks incredible still. It looks next gen. It really does. And we just had a blast. We probably played it for like five hours. <laughs> it was crazy to be playing call um division two like three years later for five hours of extra life yeah um i played a bunch of other games extra life i don't want to get into it because we'll be here for 24 hours uh (laughs) i will say real briefly the evil dead is free on epic game store so if you have a pc grab evil dead and let me know because i'll play with you Uh, all i did today was the tutorial but i also was able to do that in the beta so Mm -hmm. i don't have anything to report uh, as uh, as far as uh, gameplay experience, I've already experienced it, but I'm I'm excited that I get it for free because I was going to buy it on Black Friday, assuming it was like twenty bucks. Right. Um, Pentiment and Vampire Survivors, two games I need to talk to you about. Okay. Uh, 
But what I need to talk to you about before I talk to you about those games is the Logitech G Cloud, which is what I bought. <laughs> so you can play uh, Pentiment I'm a crazy and human being. <laughs> I was like, why did I buy this thing? Um, I bought it because I saw Donnie having a good experience and I tried to look up some reviews. People were dogging it a little bit. Uh, but mostly I saw positive reviews. And, and if anyone doesn't know what this is, um, this is if you've been on the internet before Elon Musk ruined it, uh, you would see like Phil Spencer handing Hideo Kojima this white tablet y controller thing. It came out, it turned out it was this Logitech G Cloud. It is essentially a cloud gaming tablet that is built into an 8 bit dough controller. <laughs> uh, like basically, yeah, um, it's. It's not expensive, but it's not cheap. You're not paying Steam Deck, but you're not also buying uh, a Curio tablet. Uh, the screen is beautiful. It is so crisp and clean and clear. And it's really built for cloud gaming, but it is also a glorified, if you will, Android tablet. So I can play Marvel Snap on it, which is pretty cool because you can just turn it sideways and place the marvel snap and and uh you can i can use my profile which is nice oh that is nice um but uh what the first thing i did was turn it into a dreamcast emulator and then the second thing i did was realize i don't have a micro sd card to expand my storage so i deleted all my dreamcast stuff (laughs) that i put on there until i buy a new sd card because it is expandable which is nice so you can expand it to whatever you want. If they make a two terabyte micro SD, you're good forever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what I have been playing on it is X Cloud because this is really what it's built for. And it works so good. I will say a few things. I did emulators. I did uh, PlayStation Remote Play. I played Stray on it just to make sure it worked. And it worked great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried all the things people say to try, uh, but really what it, uh, what it all comes down to is xCloud for me. So I'll lay in bed at night and I'll attempt, I'll be like, oh, I just want to play Vampire Survivors for 20 minutes and then I'll play it for three hours. Yeah, that's what <laughs> Vampire Survivors does to you. Uh, and yeah, the longer you play, the longer you play. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm just in love with Vampire Survivors at this point. It is just the simplest game that gets more complex and fun the longer you play. In fact, I've beaten three levels so far, completed three levels. And unlock- okay. I, I didn't unlock characters because I didn't know you could buy them. So oh, I'm yeah. just still using the same character, but I'm pretty much maxed on everything you can level that character up with. Minus okay. the curse, which I'm not going to level up the curse. Yeah. Why would I do that? Um. <clears throat> but for people who don't know what Vampire Survivors is, it's a. I wouldn't. Is it on? Would you call it on rails? It's not, no, it's just a, it's an auto. It's. It's I mean, kind I of say an auto battler because yeah. you move, but like it auto, the aiming and the shooting and all that is automatic. It's just essentially, yeah. It looks like Gauntlet. If you ever played Gauntlet on the Genesis or NES, and your character always attacks on a timer, which you can buff. Um, or potentially debuff and you can buy perks and you move through the level with waves of enemies surrounding you from all sides 
And it really, truly, it is about how you decide to move and where you decide to move because that's how the enemy is approaching. And you can unlock, to- uh, I think they're called tomes. You can unlock things in levels, artifact artifacts that help you progress through your game. But every time you die, you take with you the coins you got and you can use those coins to buy upgrades, which stack to your next game. And as the more you play, the more powerful you are. And then those quick five minute runs turn into 25 minute runs, turn into 55 minute runs, turn into instant death at a boss fight, but it still says that you won, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, but they, you definitely die right away. Um, but they well, tell you you win. Because <laughs> have you defeated death? Yeah. I mean, yes, technically. It says okay. I did, but I was like, there's no way I beat that guy. <laughs> okay. He just kind of stopped. Like, they're like, you win. And I was like, no, no, he killed me. <laughs> uh, but it's a lot of fun. And this was a game that we talked about many many moons ago on this podcast yeah we paid like two bucks on steam but now it's free on game pass so try it that's what i would say just try it speaking of game pass pentiment another game i've only played on the g cloud because i didn't know what the heck this game was i just saw tens nines and tens all over the place for this game it's by obsidian Uh, they did other things in the past. They've done grounded currently. Mm-hmm. I'm very animated with my hands today. I don't know if you've noticed. This. You have been. Okay. I don't. I don't know why. Um, I didn't know what the heck this game was. It is done in a Monty Python esque art style. <laughs> if that makes sense to people, it's like um a a painting, uh, like a Renaissance painting has come to life, but they move like silly Monty Python characters uh, where they wave their arms and legs around. Um, In the game, you can be uh, rude, which I think is very funny, or you can just try to play like a regular human being. And I don't know what the heck this game is, Kyle. I don't know if you've played it, but it's very bizarre. Um, There's lots of sheep in it. (laughs) There's... uh, the character interactions remind me of fable as far as like the cheekiness of characters. And I don't know what I'm playing it. There's a lot of religious references, but I don't by any means think it is a religious bound game because like I said, you can be rude and you can, you can literally swear at somebody. Uh, And I was polite to this child and he told me to F off. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> this game is crazy. You're like, no, so, you F off. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I'm interested to play it more to see where it goes, but it, it seems pretty fun and silly, but I also don't, there's no combat yet for me. I don't know if there will ever be game. I don't know if there ever be combat. I don't think there is. <laughs> um, but it's been, I would say kind of dry in general as a game. Uh, where am I at here? I can't wait to talk to you about Marvel Snap. Uh, God of War Ragnarok, because we haven't talked about Marvel Snap since, because you haven't been able to play it since we recorded this. Uh, I'm playing God of War Ragnarok, and I am enjoying it so far. But this is, I'll say this, it is still, for me, very much like its predecessor. So it hasn't moved the needle for me where I feel like it might based on what I'm reading 
review wise, it's just more of the last God of War for me, which is not a complaint. It's just not lining up with the expectations that people are setting me up with where everyone's like, this is my game of the year. And I'm like, well, I played this game of the year three years ago. Uh, It's the same game so far. Uh, Combat's the same. It looks the same. It's like not graphically improved crazily uh, yet. I really did enjoy probably my first big battle, but it also didn't feel as good as the Balder battle. So I'm, I, I think I'm just constantly like comparing it to God of War. So I'm not like blown away yet. But I'm also is you can't say I'm I'm not I'm whelmed. I'm I'm happy with my experience. Yeah. And it seems like it's a diss to the game. It's not. It truly is not. Yeah. Um, I mean you're like, well, it's not as good as one of the best games ever made. No, so far or it's it is, or it's really similar to what, what people good consider as to be the best, one of the best games ever. <laughs> yeah, that, that, it's just it's a very like because you're not the only person who has said that. They're like, well, you know, it's like pretty similar to the 2018 game. I'm like, well, right, which was like one of the best games ever made. Right, but I played so, better games this year. I think that? Cult of the Lamb right now, Cult of the Lamb is a better game than God of War Ragnarok for me. That's fine, but I've only played. I I probably only have six hours into this game. Yeah, that's fine. Which is why I'm like hesitant to say what I'm saying. It's okay if you don't like it, Josh. No, I like it. Okay. <laughs> I really do like it, but I, based off of what everyone's saying, I expected it to move the needle like super fast. And I feel like this is it's fine. Uh, this is gonna be your Far Cry Five. Oh boy, uh, maybe <laughs> we'll see. Why do you hate it, Josh? Why oh yeah, yeah. Game? Come at me. Yeah, come at me. <laughs> Good thing Twitter's gonna be dead in a month anyway, so people can't come at me on Twitter. Uh, I mean, at least that's what Twitter is telling me. <laughs> so it must yeah, be true. That's true. Uh, but if we're going to be on, if I'm going to be honest with you and everybody, the other game that's taking more of my time, which I'm enjoying so much more is Sonic Frontiers. And I feel like a crazy person saying that. <laughs> I've been splitting up my time between Sonic Frontiers and God of War. And actually, I've probably been putting more time into Sonic because I can play it in front of my son. True. In God of War, I certainly cannot. Although I was <laughs> up at 5 a.m. Saturday and I was like, well, I can't go back to sleep. So I'll play God of War. And he came in to the living room like an hour later and I was doing some puzzly stuff for God of War. Uh-huh. So I let him watch for a little bit, but then some frog people attacked me and I was like, go potty. <laughs> <laughs> Leave. You can't watch me cut this guy's head off. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't see that, which was nice. Um, yeah. Sonic Frontiers really has blown me away with um, how much fun it is. It's truly a blast to play. I enjoy every second of it. And it has really captured Sonic speed for me. And I'll, uh, there are parts in the game where you enter these chambers. They have names. I'm forgetting what they are right now. But when you enter them, it puts you into an like old school Sonic level. So you're going from open world to like on rail Sonic level, mm-hmm. like Green Hill Zones in there and stuff. And while those are fun, I enjoy those so little compared to the regular game, which is weird because <laughs> they really capture, they really give you a great 3D version of those original Sonic games. But they're like kind of played out as like, well, like microcosm 
events in mm-hmm. the game where you're just trying to get a good rating. Like they give you an S to F rating. Yeah. Based on how well you do, how quickly you complete the level, coins, etc. So I'm finding myself wanting to like get the five red coins to feel good about myself, but really I just don't want a D. Like that's my single. You got a D. I'm like, no, I don't I want a B. So I'll play the level again. They're very quick levels. They're like probably less than five minutes each. Um, because they're but they're so fast. And uh when you get but once once I get back to the open world, like you can run. Man, you can just run. You do have a stamina meter, but you can up you can upgrade it. And just the sense of speed in the they get they get it. They get Sonic. They understand where this character is, even though his voice is weird. They picked a weird voice actor. Should have just been Ben Schwartz. It's not well. It's not Ben Schwartz though. But it's from the movie game Sonic voice. Yeah, so it sounds weird now. (laughs) Um, But it's so good. It's a lot of fun, and I I beg people. It's on sale right now for like forty bucks for Black Friday. Do not sleep on this game. If you ever enjoyed Sonic even a little bit, do not skip this game. This game is going to be mentioned by me next month. No question. Where will it be mentioned? That will be the question. Uh, I'm just, I'm loving it. It feels so good. And man, I can't even tell you about these boss fights. They are like next level boss fights. They're, it's like Shadow of the Classes stuff. It's so good. Uh, really blows me away. Man, Sonic Frontiers. Did I ever think I'd be talking about a Sonic game like this? And never, Kyle. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about Marvel Snap with you. The last thing I want to mention is a board game because I've been talking for a, probably it feels like an hour. Has it been an hour? No, not an hour at all. Don't I tell me close. how long it's been. Uh, a game I bought uh, last June in June that I really wanted to bring to the beach with me, which I didn't do. It's a game called Phantom Inc. It's by Resident Games. Um, I really wanted to get it because it sounded like a wordle style game and it kind of is but it kind of isn't uh i'll say what i'll say about this game is we just had a game night recently with my friend group which we haven't had in a long time and i brought it with me because i was like hey like this is the only place i'm gonna play this game so hopefully we can get one game in and and the hosts had a stack of games they basically they just picked a shelf off their game cabinet and was like, we'll play one of these, you know, six games. And we liked f- the first play of Phantom Inc. so much, we only played that game all night. Oh, dang. Which was uh, pretty huge. Uh, and Phantom Inc., uh, if you want to think code names, this will help you. Uh, you're essentially playing the game instead of the code uh, givers and code names, you are spirits who have uh, two people on opposing teams. Pick a card, and on that card are there are six words, and then together they pick one word as their the word they're going to try to get their team to guess. And then the teams get a deck, a hand, sorry, of seven cards. Also, I played Key Forge with Kevin Austin. That had, oh. uh, uh, I should mention that and Marvel Dice Throne, but we don't need to talk about that. Sorry, Kevin. Uh, we. Uh, you get a deck of a hand of seven cards, and on e- each card is questions that the team will ask the spirit. And the questions can be things from like, "What holiday is this word associated with?" to uh, "What happens 
when you drop this thing? <laughs> what sound does it make when you drop it? Uh, so I was always like predisposition to choose the funny ones because really, who cares? We're having fun. Uh, right. But basically, you, t- you pick two of your seven cards. You give it to the spirit and the spirit picks one and then they read aloud the discarded card. And what I think is very interesting about this game is the other team gets to hear, not only do they get to hear the answer to the question, but they don't know the question, but they also get to hear the discarded question. And there's a pad of paper. There is a daytime and a nighttime side. One spirit's daytime. The other team is nighttime. And as you go down this card, uh, what you will do is, so say you handed me a card. Let's say... Uh, well, we don't say what my word is, but I have a word. You hand me a card. What holiday is it associated with? And then I start, I'll start writing on the pad of paper, letter by letter, the word to your, your question. And then your team will say silencio when they want me to start, stop writing. Because essentially you're maybe kind of giving the other team a word as well, but you're just trying to suss out the clues. So maybe your was like, what holiday is associated with? And I write, this happened in the game that we're playing. I write a C and nobody says anything, right? So then I write an H. And, Stop! <laughs> and then someone says silencio because they think it's Christmas, but Hanukkah spelled C-H. So you immediately, like for us, that's where we stopped, right? We said silencio. Right. And then my teammates like, no, no, no. There's other holidays that start with C-H. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> But that's where it stops. And then as you play, um, there's a eyeball icon on the pad. And when that team gets to that point, they can make um, the other team add a letter to a word that was stopped. So they could be like, oh, add a letter to CH. So then you add like the R or the A, right? So then someone would have a better idea about what that clue may have been. And... It continues from there where eventually either you can ask them a question or solve what you think is the word. And if you miss, you don't lose. It just continues going. But now the other team knows that that word you guessed is not the word. Uh, And there's like three eyeballs on each side for each team. So at one point, if it gets like really, really low in the gameplay, you'll be able to get at least three letters spelled out from any of the clues that you want to help you. Um, But it was a lot of fun. We had such a great time playing. I'm going to break it out on Thanksgiving, try to teach the old people at our table how to play it. Um, But it really also adds some like fun team dynamics. Yeah. That could create for an interesting evening. (laughs) So to clarify real quick, is Hanukkah with a C like still popular in the Northeast? Because Hanukkah without a C is way more popular in the Midwest. Oh, I mean, I guess because technically I, they're both right. But like, I because like when you started singing, I'm like, I did not even consider Hanukkah because if you see Hanukkah around here, it's almost always just H A N U K K A H. Well, I mean, that makes sense. I guess I was thinking the C H A N U K A H. Right, which is totally also yeah. like a legitimate way to spell it, but just like way not typically how I see it here, which I, which is just an interesting like. Yeah, I but it, yeah, I, I actually, that makes sense to me. But if you're relying on someone to spell a holiday and they start with C H, I don't know that you can rule it out because that's what oh, I did agreed. right away. I'm just saying, I, I wouldn't even consider it. Out. Yeah. 
Yes, I agree with you. I probably was thinking H. Actually, this game probably made me reconsider it was CH. So, because I think, yeah, because I think CH is technically right. They both are. Yeah. It's just like whichever you want to do. But man, okay. But yeah, Fandom Inc., uh, amazingly fun game. Um, I loved I loved every second we played. I can't wait to play it again. Okay, gotcha. Any other games, Josh? I mean, it's, it's not, it seems like you played a couple. Just a couple. I will talk about my la- on a game I've been playing for months. Uh, <laughs> Want to talk about it? <laughs> well, let's start in uh, reverse order then here. Oh, okay. So, well, not reverse order. We'll start in order of what in order that you wrote it down. <laughs> well, yeah, and how much we're going to talk about it. But there's a couple of surprises in there I have to slide in that you might not mm. know about. Uh, number one, Overwatch 2, still playing Overwatch 2 from time to time. Uh, nothing much has changed since the last time I played it. I like it, but I don't love it. Um, you know, I, I think back in September or something, we had said, like, what do we anticipate our top three games being? And I was like, well, I got to imagine Overwatch 2 is going to be my top three. I don't know if it's going to be. Um, we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, it might be pretty far down my list as far as things go. But I am Yikes. still playing it when my, when my group plays. But I, I, I definitely am not. Um, with, with, with the lack of gaming that I, currently I have been, since I haven't been able to game too much, I'm not super bummed out about um, what I'm missing out on in, in Overwatch yeah. 2 right now. So. Um, also, I have played some Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Um, overall, I like the campaign. It doesn't seem like I like it as much as some other people do. Um, more than reviewers do, probably, though, because I don't think reviewers liked it for the most part. Um, but I don't know that I love it as much as like you and Donnie and Devin did. Oh, wow. Um, it's not bad. Like I enjoyed it. I had a good time. There's just still a few trappings in Call of Duty campaigns that are annoying to me. Um, one being sometimes, even though they are very linear games, um, sometimes you just have no idea where to go. You're like, I don't know where I'm supposed to go here. Like right. I have literally no idea, especially in, in some of the, um, in one of the, one of the opening levels, especially like we were doing this infiltration and they're like, okay, go to the barn and went to the barn. And they're like, and they're like, okay, go to the next place. I'm like, I don't know. Where, where's the next place. Yeah. I have no idea where the next place is supposed <laughs> to be. And then you're getting shot. And still too, like, I feel like you sometimes get shot from places. You're just like, I have no idea where this person is. Like, I, I just cannot tell. Um, and you die so fast that it's, it's hard to tell where they're at. So that and then just also the no absolutely like no um mercy for failing sometimes of like <laughs> yes. there was one situation i distinctly <laughs> remember like i i went to go shoot like someone who was shooting at me and like an innocent bystander just like ran across the yes. screen and i hit them and yeah. then i just failed instantly and it's like well i i mean i wasn't <laughs> i anyway but the the, they, off, the office building level i had the hardest time yeah like it i just those things still bother me about it and sure maybe it's like well you gotta be really careful and think about how hard no i it's, it's a video game people like it just is very yeah so like i said i liked it but those frustrate those little frustrations um still like keep it from elevating beyond like i really enjoyed my time with it i'm glad i played the campaign um, I have not dipped into multiplayer at all. Really? That's like I said, odd for you. <laughs> I know. I just haven't had the time because I usually I usually really do like Call of Duty multiplayer. So, but yeah, like I said, I, I'm glad I played the campaign. I didn't play Vanguard last year. Um, so I, I like what I played. As you mentioned, the game looks just stunning. My goodness gracious. They have a budget and a budget. Whew. Um, so yeah, so played that, enjoyed it. Like I said, um, happy to have done it. I'll eventually jump into multiplayer probably uh, once class is over um then obviously god of war ragnarok uh i think i am clearly liking it more than josh's i'm also only <laughs> about four hours into it um because like i said i just haven't had a ton of time to do things i do think it is really similar to 2018 and like how uh the game feels to me when i'm playing it the the mood it puts me in while i'm playing it 
Yeah. Uh, but I like all that. Like, that's all good things to me. Like, none of that is a drawback or a deterrent for me wanting to play it. Um, maybe I'm a sucker. I cried in the first 10 minutes of this game. Oh, uh, there's definitely some big emotions in this. Uh, yeah, this I was game. like, why am I feeling? I don't know. But anyway, so I cried in the first 10 minutes. But yeah, I'm really liking it. My one like nit to pick, I guess I would have with the game is that, you know, Kratos is supposed to be this really big, strong, like lumbering kind of guy. But when, and you know, there's no like actual jump really in the game per se. You can't just jump whenever you want to, but every once in a while you can like jump over like gaps yeah. and things like that. Or he'll do this thing where he'll like drop down to a level. Man, he seems like so like quick on his feet and light on his toes when he does that. But <laughs> so I just think it's really, it feels really funny to me. Yeah. I don't know. They are trying like, wow, real hard to he's... age him up in this game. Like they're, tr- they're, it seems like they're really trying to play out Kratos is old. Being old. In this game. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I am really liking it. I think the story is interesting. I I just am constantly shocked at how much care and attention goes into the in between moments, uh, oh, yeah. the moments of, um, you know, I don't think it's a secret. You're there's parts where you're on a boat again, or when you're talking to a mirror, and just like all <laughs> yeah. the things that happen in there. Um, there's just a lot of. There's never really like. It's not that there's never any downtime. Is that they fill the downtime with things that are interesting and thoughtful to me, at least. Yeah, they fill it with stories. Like when right. you're in the boat, like it's it's um, Atreus talking to Mimir, and they're talking about things that happened in the past. And I agree, it's yeah. very charming, and in in also informative and interesting. Like they're not talking about boring. Like what yeah. did you do yesterday? They're like, hey, you remember that time that you did this and remember he yes. was like i feel horrible about it and i'm like oh my yeah. god it is really interesting yeah and like yeah because there are definitely times where i'm like i just like will stop offshore and be like i'm just gonna let them finish the story yeah because it is nice that if you pull up store they're like we'll talk about it later and if you get back in they yes. continue but sometimes <laughs> i'm like i just want to know like what's going on here right yeah i agree um so i, I am really enjoying it um yeah like i said it, it so far at least in the, in the time that i have played it is not uh, drastically different than 2018, but I loved 2018, so no surprise here. I, I'm loving this as well. Yeah. Um, as one of my surprise games, uh, well, I love I a surprise, surprise game. Well, I guess it's not totally a surprise because I posted about it on social media. I did play a board game. Um, oh, finally, yes, we did. Finally, got terraforming Mars to the table. Um, and have it. We're not done with the game. Literally, I have to like take like one turn, <laughs> and I think Erica will have one turn, and then we'll be done. Like it's set up. It's like we're all we're so close to done. Um, what a world ter- you live in where you can walk away from a board game. I know, and it's just sitting on the, yeah, it's just sitting on the table. Uh, so terraforming Mars, uh, d- um, designed by Jacob Frixilius, uh, published by Stronghold Games back in 2016. So it's a little bit of an older game, uh, but it is ranked number five overall in the Board Game Geek um, Top 100. So really highly rated game. Um, what a, kind of surprised me is when I was looking at this earlier today, I did not realize that Ark Nova is all the way up to number four. Wow. Yeah, so Ark Nova is now the number four ranked game of all time. Terraforming Mars, number five. Uh, so Terraforming Mars, kind of like what it sounds, uh, you are uh, part of a corporation that is going to explore and try to terraform and make Mars habitable uh, for humans. So uh, in the we're playing right now with just kind of the starting corporation. So typically in a game, each player has a corporation, and these corporations have variable powers and abilities and what they can do. But for the first game, they recommend you start with these like general ones. Um, and that's what we're starting with. And then the game is set up basically where um, you have the planet of Mars, and then you have different cards that you're drawing and playing. And these cards like are helping you work towards the goal of making Mars habitable. And the way you do that is by terraforming it. So taking 
Mars, which is not nice, and uh, increasing the temperature, increasing the amount of humidity and and water that's in the air, um, adding oceans to it, and doing all these things to make it more habitable, adding forests, adding cities, like adding all of this stuff. Uh, and when the game ends is there's basically three tracks. There is, or not really, there's two tracks and some oceans. So once the temperature gets to a certain rate, once the level of oxygen gets to a certain rate, and once all of the oceans that are available in the game have been populated, at that point you finish kind of that age that you're in and the game ends and highest score wins. Um, but in doing that, you also then are, you know, on your turns, what you're doing is... Um, you basically have this set of cards that you play through and it's really similar to Ark Nova, obviously Ark Nova coming after, but there's like over 200 cards in this game and all of them are completely different. So you and your people you're playing against are drawing cards to start your turn. You're looking at the cards. If you want to keep some of them, you have to pay to keep them. Um, and then to play them, you usually have to have certain resources available to you to be able to play these out. Uh, there's six different resources that again, the game, when you're playing these cards there are ways for you to build up resources, pay for things to do to generate more resources. It's really just kind of trying to think about how do I want to kind of create this system that's going to run and, and generate, you know, resources so that I can get these cards played out. Um, and then playing those cards out, well, depending on what you do, increase the temperature, increase the oxygen saturation, kind of all of that good stuff. It is a really heavy game. Um, it is very, very thinky. Um, uh, the weight on it is a 325 on the board game geek scale, um, which is pretty heavy. Um, that is definitely up there. There's a lot of interesting decisions to make. Um, there really is very little interaction between you and the other players. There's really only one way that you're going to interact with other players. Um, and that sometimes um, on some of your cards, when you're playing cards, you sometimes have to pay resources um, or reduce the amount of resources you generate. And on rare occasions, you can make someone else do it for you, <laughs> which oh. is kind of mean. You'd be like, hey, reduce your means of production by X amount. Um, so that's kind of mean. But otherwise, it's a really, like, I'm really enjoying it. There's a lot of different paths. Every time you're looking at the cards, you're like, oh, here's all these new and unique things that we can do. Um, the fact that you have to pay for the cards to then pay for the resources to play them makes you really think about, like, do I need this? How will I use this? Is it in my best interest to use this? Um, there's always a standard set of actions you can take if you don't have cards. There's also other things you can do, like I said, by turning in resources that you have to make changes and impact the board in some ways. Um, but it's really interesting. I'm really liking it. I think I'm going to lose this game. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I, I'm pretty positive <laughs> I'm going to lose. Uh, but if you are interested in a heavy Euro, Terraforming Mars is kind of one of those um, kind of become, I don't want to say a classic because it is really heavy, but a sense of like one of those default games that people go to to talk about a really good crunchy Euro game. And it lives yeah. up to it. It's kind of like um, Gaia Project slash, oh, whatever Gaia Project. Why can't I think what Gaia Project was made uh, made after? Uh, Terra Mystica. It's mm. like taking those games and kind of they're it's a little bit lighter than those, but adding a, a bit more like deck elements and car and deck building and drafting into it to kind of make it a bit more random to a degree of like, okay, how are you going to adjust like with what you've been dealt? Like, how are you going to handle that? And do you want to keep the cards that you've been dealt even? Um, yeah. And if you do, you have to make a commitment to them, um, which is kind of neat. So I'm really liking it. We're going to play it one more time for sure. Um, because we do want to try it with the separate corporations. So we're going to finish our regular game tonight after we're done uh, done with the podcast. Um, and then tomorrow we're going to play it with the corporations that are unique and, and different to see kind of what that brings to it. But even with the general ones, um, I'm really, really liking it. So Terraforming Mars, it's great. Um, available most places. It's pretty readily available. So I definitely recommend it. Another game that I played that is not on the list. Oh. Um, and I played it just because you and Donnie were talking so much about it. Oh. I downloaded and I played about 90 minutes of Sonic Forces. Frontiers. Or Sonic Frontiers, excuse me. Come Sonic on, Frontiers, man. Excuse me. Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> Sonic Frontiers. Sorry. Let me say, 
this game is definitely more fun than it is good. Because there's a lot of issues I have with this game, but it is still very fun to play. Yeah. Um, I will say, I I haven't heard it. (laughs) What's that? That's a statement if I've ever heard it. Yeah. This game is more fun than it is good. Yeah. Like, (laughs) put it on the jacket. (laughs) (laughs) There are certain things about this game that just really leave me scratching my head that I just don't understand totally. Um, the like the individual levels like the between levels to get keys like you had talked about i think are fun because they are short yeah. um i think they're very challenging the first time you go through oh, them because yeah, there's sure. just like zero context and it's like hey part of it is finishing as fast as you can you're like well i'm just gonna speed through this thing and miss half but you gotta go like, you slow know, to get all those coins oh yeah so <laughs> it, it's kind of that like forced replay which i it's totally fine because they are very short and i understand and, and um you're able to get, kind of get those keys so, like that part's like so those are fine um the open world is interesting, but like, man, Josh, at the beginning, and like I said, I, I know that the budgets of these games are different, but I went from like, you know, playing Call God, both Call of Duty and God of War. Yeah. And then you start with this Sonic game and it's raining and you're like, that looks like crap. It looks so bad. Like the rain just looks cruddy and like, the way it bounces off. Of, what? It's totally raining at the very beginning. I didn't have rain in my game. Are you serious? Yeah. At the very, very beginning, like the opening cutscenes. I don't think I had rain. Because, like, after the little airplane thing, and then they crash, and then Sonic's talking, and then, dude, it's raining. It, well, on mine, it was raining. Oh, it looked horrible. I don't it looked recall real, real bad. It, I mean, it, it's definitely possible that it was there. In fact, it probably was there, but I just don't recall it. Yeah, like, it like it just looks like they basically made, like, all the stuff, like, around their body just, like, fuzzy to be, like, the rain, like, bouncing off them. It looks, oh, you're using any cutscenes. Yes, it looks oh, horrible. Oh, then I must, be, I must not be remembering it. Then. Yeah, it, it just looks so bad. Okay, so that's number one. Yeah. Just parts of it like pop in, like all those things that you're like, oh, there was a thing there that I, but I ran past it because I was going too fast. So That's now I weird. I haven't, like, I saw Takeda on Twitter said he had pop in too. I haven't had pop in on the game. Oh my gosh, like, I've had so much. It's ridiculous. And I've, expect, I've expected it, which means like I've been waiting for pop in, but I haven't noticed any pop in. And I'm like, like, there, like, there's literally parts so where fast. like, with the rails in the sky and stuff, like there's yeah. like parts where I can stand on a platform and like walk a step forward and a whole bunch of stuff will pop in. And then I step, oh, like, step back. That has not happened to me. And I walk forward, it all pops in. Like it has happened like all over the place. Wow. Well, I'm so, I'm very thankful f- for not having that. <laughs> so, and then again, not saying it's perfect. Yeah. But, like, it's not perfect. I, I get it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. So I'm just saying like other games that I've played. Like, no, right, I, like, I have not played a game with such a frustrating camera in quite some time. Really? Because there are parts where, like, especially, like, when you're climbing up, like, the colossi, for lack of a better word. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then, like, you shoot into the air. You're like, okay, but, like, why are you having me look that way? Like, it's that way. Like, so now I have to spin yeah. and then try to dash to get there. Like, yeah. why did you have me look that way? That doesn't make any sense. Or yeah. other times, like, you'll go and you'll be like hitting like your x button to like bounce into the things and shoot up and then you're like you get up there and you're like i have no idea which direction i'm supposed to go yeah and then yeah. you're like spinning all around trying to look to figure out where like what's <laughs> yeah. next like it doesn't ever orient you that has say, it doesn't, quite a bit <laughs> yeah it doesn't orient me in the way i think it should yeah so then i get really confused about like what way i'm looking and and like i said it, i'm still having fun playing the game but these yeah. are the sorts of things that like would prevent me from being like recommending it to everyone because i get frustrated sometimes when i'm playing it of like sure gosh dang and like i get like sometimes you know i and i do think that playstation is guilty of this sometimes they over polish things where you're like okay like this is a little too like you know 
Like there's no, I don't want to say it's losing character, but it almost feels like it's losing character, right? Like yeah. it's been like polished to death and it's been like um, analyzed to death and like people have looked at it and been like, okay, is this exactly going to hit the way we want it to? And like, like, I feel like it's like so rot in production and this yeah. definitely doesn't feel that way. And I don't mean that as a knock, but unfortunately the places that it's missing that could be like cute, quirky charm to yeah. me has just turned out to be frustration more than, sure. than anything. I get that. That makes sense. So, yeah. So, like I said, I'm still like when I play it and it like works how it should, it's fun. Like I'm having a great time when that happens. But there like there was one point that like Erica was watching me. She's like, oh, you're playing a Sonic game. I'm like, well, yeah, Josh. And, you know, Donnie's been really talking about how good it is. So I wanted to give it a shot. And like there was one part where I was running up like one of those things and I got shot up in the air. And she's like, where did it go? And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know where it went. And it was like way behind me all of a sudden. Yeah. Because I had like I had hit like a. One of the, like the little accelerators, like right as I hit hit the button to run faster, and then I like shot like this way weird direction. I'm like, yeah. I I have no idea where that thing is. There's also like, like a know. weird, um, there's like a penalty for being an innovative game player because you'll try to like you'll try to fight a boss and you do the best that you can mm-hmm. to to defeat this the boss or just a bad guy in general, and then you'll die, and then it will pop up with a tutorial. Yeah. menu and it will tell you how to be the boss like inadvertently and then that boss is 100 times easier yeah so you're being penalized for trying to think instead of yeah. just finding a boss dying and then learning how to defeat the boss because <laughs> well, it's think, very and, quick after that yeah and i think the other one of the other issues too is like and i know this is like get good so it won't happen but like if you ever fall off the map like, then you're there. like, well, I'm just fa- you're, you fall for like 10 seconds or whatever. You're like, yeah. you know, I can't get like, why do I have to fall so long before you? Re- well, and you then just use a dive. You got to use a dive attack and you'll be fine. I should you're start doing that. I, that's a good point. Game. Actually, I should just do that to like end that yeah. thing. Because I'm like, you know, I can't get out of this. Like, just get me. Making me fall this just whole way. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. And then, you know, then there's a load. And I get it's an open world, but like just so many of the, those games these days that like, are about like repetition and trying this yeah. thing and going like is dying. You're instantly back. There's no loads that happen, but there, there are here. And like I said, it's, it's not a bad game. It, it does have some issues or some, some things that I have concerns with it of, but sure. it is really fun. Um, so I, I would tentatively recommend it as long as you know that going into it. Like, sure, this is not going I to will be a, fully recommend it. Yeah. Dude. And that's great. Now, like you get it is two. not going to be a super, it is not as polished as I wish it was, but also, sure. As I mentioned, like, I've never really played a Sonic game before. Like, I played a little bit of OG Sonic on the Genesis when I was in, like, third grade or something. But, like, I really have never touched another Sonic game uh, at all. Like, it's just never been something I've been into. So maybe this is really good for a Sonic game. And if that's true, I'm really sorry, Sonic fans, that you've had. Oh, ouch. Ouch. That's like a. If this is the best you get, get, man, life must be rough. You say that after we have to deal with this Pokemon Scarlet Violet stuff. Well, luckily I'm not a Pokemon person, so I don't even know. All I've seen is like, I don't think it's quite as bad as that popping has been that I've seen online, but it can't be as bad. (laughs) So, um, and then the last thing, obviously that I've been playing is Marvel snap. Yeah, like here we an go. Hour and ten minutes into break, this, we're yes. Stuff. If you're listening, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So Marvel Snap, it's a you know, it's basically a smash Marvel Smash Up. Um, yeah, or know, Marvel Guardians. Yeah, you know, a little building, bit of both. Light, you know, deck building game, card game where you're taking control of locations, uh, and all the car- the play- cards you have like have different powers and abilities, and building your deck and doing all that good stuff. Um, 
So overall, Josh, I really like this game. I have some nits about it. Sure. I would love um, to hear them. But overall, I think it's a pretty solid game. Um, I, I really enjoyed my time with it so far. I still play it every day. Uh, I, you know, am well on my way on the battle pass this season, this month, and like I'm making good progress on everything. Like, so overall, like I'm really enjoying it. But there's a few things that I find, um, I don't want to say it. So, let me, there's really just one thing I have an issue with overall. Okay. A couple things that I wish were different, but there's one thing. And it's actually one card that I have an issue with. Oh, one, this is right interesting. Now. I love where we're going with this. <laughs> my, my one annoyance currently, and maybe I, I can get past this, but my one annoyance currently is the card leader. Yeah. Okay. And Do you already have card. leader? What's that? Yeah, I have Do leader. You, oh, my, so you're my moving, collection, you're my collection level is like 700 something. Yeah, you're moving along then. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 700 something for my collection level. But... um. I don't, oh, we we should talk about our collection levels. <laughs> oh yeah, let me, I can. I'll bring it up while I'm Let's about, open up like, our apps. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because yeah, I so my, thought for sure you I, like. It's interesting that leader is your your knit. Uh, seven seventy is my collection level. Okay, my my collection level is three thousand six hundred seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> I think seven seventy is bad for like three weeks. No, that I think that's great actually. Yeah. So. Um, but so here's my issue with leader. And like I said, this is probably cause I'm too rooted in old CCG TCG, like that type of, like I'm still sure. super rooted. Like and my knowledge comes from magic. Right. I get this. This is not what the card theoretically does, right? Like theoretically the card is, um, meant to be, well, whatever you you can theoretically build a deck to, to work around it, but what it feels like when you're playing against it. And I don't use the card because I don't like it. What it feels like when you're playing against it is like, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to rely on you to make a better deck than me. And I'll just copy it. Like, that's what it feels like. Right. Because whatever I do, it's like, well, I'm going to do that, but just a little bit better. That's it. Like, that's what it is for the most part. Right. I guess that's that's kind of breaking it down to lowest common denominator. Right. Which is why and which is why and. It's a like the my prop my biggest problem with it is like when you're thinking of like the metas of all the decks that exist, if you take that deck that card into consideration, it makes it so you almost can't play what you do for any other scenario, right? So you're like, well, I don't know if they have it based off what they played. Theoretically, they might, but more than likely, they don't. But if I don't account for it, I will automatically lose. But if no. I do account for it, I might still <laughs> automatically lose because I can't play the way that I think I should. Does that you make can't sense? As, you can't assume that someone has leader in their deck, though. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Right. Because when you so get to the end, you should like, never you, turn- you should never account for it. You should. Well, just right. Not but then you just lose because they they're just going to do whatever you did, but better. But they can't. But if you're already winning two out of the, th- the three locations on the last turn, it leader doesn't matter. If. You are winning two out of three locations. Yeah, on the last or turn. if you can fill up their location, do you have Green Goblin or Hobgoblin? I don't have Green Goblin yet. I've you can, Hobgoblin. You can Goblin. fill their spots if you're if you're trying to win a location. Fill it. Uh, Green Goblin's a three cost card. I know. I don't have it though, Josh. I can't. But you, but you should. Me. You should at this point. Like you should. Well, you'll get him. You'll get him. I know. I, I will eventually. I don't like leader is less. Um, frustrating to me than a like um uh, arnim zola uh or hella or an apocalypse because people just sacrifice apocalypse the whole game you play right uh like 
Leader is like an afterthought for me. I, I get how that's different for everybody, but even like death is like 10 times more devastating to me than a leader is. Keep in mind, though, that you are also playing against people who have all those all the cards that you just talked about. I well, rarely still see pool, those cards. You're in a pool with people who could have those right, cards, but, I'm but they saying don't right have now, those. Right. Right now, the meta that I'm playing in, rarely yeah. do I see those cards. Like Apocalypse, I see, but I right. rarely see Death. I rarely see Armanzola. Like, I don't see those very often. And that's what's so frustrating. And I know that I'll probably get past a point where people are using Leader, but that's what's so annoying about it. Is that it's like one of those cards that like is such an afterthought. Yeah. That like if you are the person playing it, you're probably gonna catch most people off guard, which one could argue is good deck building. But it's one of those yeah. situations where it just it doesn't feel good. Like if somebody outplays me, I, that's fine. But I never feel like the person who plays that card has outplayed me. I feel like I messed up. And that always sucks. So that's like my big like nit about it. Is it never it's kind of like feeling like there's certain characters in Overwatch that when you play against them. You're like, okay, like, yeah, sure. Like, you're going to use that character because they just, there's this level of, like, thing that they do. And unless I play really well, yeah, I'm not going to be able to outdo it. <clears throat> you have, but you, the person I'm playing against, has to perform. If you perform less well than I do, you will still beat me. Yeah. Whereas I have to play better than to beat you. And that's what's annoying about it. Well, I, I like your mindset because you do have to prepare for any card that could be played against you. Right. Uh, but also, I don't like that because it would drive me crazy <laughs> to play any game because I wouldn't enjoy it. <clears throat> uh, for me, that card is Killmonger. <clears throat> oh, do you play a lot of zoo style, style decks? Well, I play Sunspot. And oh, then yeah. <clears throat> Sunspot helps me win games. And when someone plays a Killmonger... For people who don't know, <clears throat> Sunspot. Oh boy, <clears throat> my phlegm. I get phlegm action. Uh, Sunspot is a one-cost card, but anytime you have unspent energy, Sunspot gets that unspent energy uh, added to its power per like round. So if you can get Sunspot out in round one, you can potentially get up to six and even more, depending on the location you're at. But People play Kalamonger on me at, uh, oh boy, what is this? At round six. And I'm like, man, yeah. like, I, my sunspot's at 14. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to play this now. And then I'll Value. lose that one location, which will make me lose two yeah. out of the three. Yeah. Um, so those are frustrating. And like, there's a lot, but what I really love about this game is there's so many variations of decks. You right. have, <clears throat> like, in our Discord, on, uh, and and our board of video games Discord, like Seth has really taken to this game. In fact, a lot of people really have, but like Seth is running a destruction deck. Yep. Which drives me nuts <clears throat> to play against. Also, multiplication movement decks drive me nuts to play against. Be but that's their deal, right? Like you have a destruction deck because it that's what it does. Like it's built to like mess you up like right. you think you're winning and then they destroy all their cards and then they come back or have you encountered beast yet uh i've seen beast once or twice <clears throat> and so beast that... pops out and wherever you pop him he returns all your cards back to your deck but they cost one less right so the next round you could just pop out seven cards if he comes out in the fifth round yeah. and how do you defend against that so <clears throat> i really enjoy that aspect of it 
I can understand why it's frustrating to you because we've talked about like you're a min maxer at heart and <laughs> and this is a game that I understand that min maxers would be frustrated with because there's this random there's a very luck based randomization of this game, but if you build your deck right, it's only luck based for the person you're playing against because it's still luck based for you because you don't know when you're going to draw that card, but the odds are in your favor. If you build your deck correctly, like me, my deck, two ones, two twos, two threes, two fours, two fives, two sixes. Sometimes I start a game with a three, four, five, six. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh no. <clears throat> Cause the next three cards, I, the next cards I can draw, draw maybe also a three, four, five, six. <laughs> like, right. I don't know. I may never get that one. And those games are tough. Like those matches are tough where, I don't draw a one, two, or three until the fourth round. Right. And it makes you want to quit. Well, not quit, but like retreat. <clears throat> but those are few and far between. I still think it's interesting because people also, if you don't play a card for three rounds, people think a certain thing about you. And I think you can still win because people that you're playing against, they kind of think, oh, I got an easy one. And oh. you play a Mega Red or Doctor Doom, or Watch, like, you know, you you can do it, but um, I I 100% hear what you're saying, to make a long story long. Uh, But I I really love the variety of the game offers. Yeah. I I do think, and like I said, overall, I really do like it, and I do think that the locations also make deck building challenging, right? Because you don't know what locations you're going to get. Yeah. And there oh, are some yeah. locations that, depending on the type of deck you have, you might just get hosed. Like you might locations just be in a situation where, you just, where you're like, "Well, I just got to <laughs> retreat because there's just this is, does not work with the deck that I have." Yeah. Right? Um, I have ten different decks built right now. I don't know how many you have. Ooh, uh, I have a bunch. I have an ongoing deck. Mm-hmm. I don't have an unrevealed deck because most of my cards are unreveal cards. Yeah, I have a destruction deck. I have a ones, a twos, a threes, a fours deck. Uh, I have a Spidey deck. I built a deck based on the Spider-Man universe. I have a variant art deck. I have a mission goal deck, which I change based on the month. Mm-hmm. And then um, yeah, and then ones, one through five in destruction. So yeah, I have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12 decks. So I have 10 right now. I probably have about five that I'm playing mostly right now. I, I do think that like, especially early, like ongoing and on reveal is like pretty much it. And then you yeah. start getting into destruction and movement. Um, I, I do think that <coughs> when you get into discard, I think so like discard destruction and movement, I feel like with where I am are like the most common decks that i see yeah um with some zoo style like some ongoing zoo type stuff as well every once in a while i see someone who tries to run like a more control style deck but you don't see those too often and they're just to me like i have a couple that i've built and it's been kind of painful like they're just so inconsistent because you it's like you have one card that does like it's like, hey, this one card will like punish on reveal. This one card will punish ongoing. Yeah. But then it's like, well, what is that other person playing? And do I get that card when I need it? And that's right. like kind of my other pet peeve, for lack of a better word, is there's really not an, any ability to smooth out your draw. 
And I think yeah. in most decks, like I think like destruction decks and even like um uh sunspot infinite decks with jubilee like there's ways yeah. that you can like build in like ways <laughs> to kind of smooth that out yeah but for some things there just isn't um so like if you're trying to play like a straight up control deck like there's really not a great way to um manipulate your hand to get the cards that you need or that you want and it, it yeah. very much becomes um kind of luck of the draw of like what you're going to get and what your locations are and that's and that to me is a little bit unfortunate um i i do i'm kind of bummed too there's not like a true like tempo deck in the sense of like not only tempo for you but to disrupt the tempo of your the people you're playing against like yeah there's like Iceman and stuff who do like a little bit of that but there's not like like true like bounce and things like that like don't exist it doesn't feel like um Um, yeah i would say maybe it does i don't know goblin Iceman, killmonger Electra. Yeah, but I'm not talking about like just straight up destruction. I'm talking like, hey, you just play that card and bounce. I am choosing to bounce it back to your hand. Oh, you know, yeah. rather than just Odin, killing it. Odin would do that, yeah. So, but yeah, so that's kind of like, and you know, so those are some of the things that, like I said, overall, I really like it. I think they've done a good job. Yeah. I will say the um, one location that they just added recently that they had the that was Shuri? showing up a ton. Um, the Shuri's location, the, Shuri's location where it doubles your power. That's no, a, not that or, one. The one where they one. fight. Oh, yes. That's like that Battle like, Worlds. God, that is just like every time that <laughs> thing is But your characters just... fight each other. People don't realize that, which is I really fun will, to watch. Yeah, will, playing yeah. somebody who doesn't realize they played two characters in the same location. <laughs> right. Yeah, so that is the... Um, but it's also just annoying because I don't know for you, but every time that I I play something, it like bricks the game for like thirty seconds. There, there's still some a lot of hiccups. Like uh, I, my deck that I run, I I run Morph, who mm-hmm. copies the effect of a card that's in your opponent's hand. Yeah, it really sucks when that hit card hits Infidon, Let me tell you. Right, but also the big issue with Morph is uh, there's a game glitch where he doesn't have his trigger. Oh. And you and you can clearly see that there's cards in your opponent's hand if you click on their icon, right? Um, which makes me want to take him out of my deck. But mm-hmm. he can be so good that I just run the risk of him not triggering and deal with it. But I've lost mm. so many matches because Morph didn't trigger. Oh, that would be frustrating. It's it is frustrating. So I, I kind of want to get. I think I will eventually move on. But my deck is a living deck because. I am always there's cards I'll never take out of my deck. Sunspot and Doctor Doom are two cards I'll never take out of my deck. Mm-hmm. Um, but Infinite and Jubilee used to always be in my deck, and they're both out of my deck now because I yeah. do stick to the two ones to two of every cost because I think you need that. And I've tried running it where I've had like three fours instead of two threes and two two fours. I would take a three out but it's not balanced enough for me. So I'm, I won't change that aspect of my deck. So oh. those cards are important to me. Um, and it also is important to me on how I balance my deck uh, because you need to be able to play cards every turn or you're going to lose a match if you can't play a card unless you have a sunspot. See, but that's why I think having two ones isn't enough. I understand having more than two ones. I do. I I get that because you can always play something. <clears throat> but me skipping on a two turn or a three turn isn't the end of the world. But if I'm skipping four, fives, and sixes, 
boy. Yeah, I mean, good luck. And, to that's, me. <laughs> and that's where Sunspot's a good fix for that, right? Like if you have Sunspot but no two drop, yeah, just great. get them out early and often. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, man, I can't so, wait to be able to play friends even as scrimmages. So good, right? The scrimmages will be nice because it's going to make everyone better player. Right. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to adding that. But yeah, so overall Marvel Snap, really, really enjoying it. It is great. Um, it is f- scratching that itch of like game, like playing a a, a card game that I, I have sorely missed because, uh, man. Yeah, we're going to really be a new Marvel Magic. Snap podcast. So it's too We good. could do a Marvel <laughs> Snap podcast. We could. We um, just talked about is, it for 45 minutes. <laughs> I know. It is interesting, though, because the uh, um, looking at like you know, looking up what people are doing as far as like YouTube content and stuff for Marvel snap, like those people are doing really well already. Like they're yeah. the content is there. So, um, but yeah, so I actually just literally built a move deck today for the first time because I have been annoyed by them. So I was finally like, yes, well, let's give it a I shot. I also have a move deck, <laughs> but yeah. it's under my mission goals right now. I, I don't have a particular move deck. Gotcha. Uh, I do. I did get Jane Foster. So oh yes try. the mighty so thor like, i'm like how i'm like drawing all your zero cards i'm like well i only have one zero card right now so that's not really yeah. helpful <laughs> so because i was well, like oh that seems neat i wonder what i could do with that and i was like well i have, have one thor? zero card uh i don't have thor no oh because thor spawns a zero mule deer yeah so yeah, that's why you so. like you play thor on a um location that doubles your effects you draw two mjolnirs mm. and then you play jane and then you draw those and play them. I will say the Patriot <clears throat> decks are pretty cool, but I don't have Patriot. Yeah, Patriot's okay. Uh, like, I don't think that they're super good. Like, I typically beat them, but I think they're neat. Like, because I feel like they're pretty different than what most people are playing, yeah. which is why I appreciate them. So. I think the most interesting deck is the Hella Death deck. Mm. Um, which I have seen I, but never played against. They, they're horrible to play against, but if you have, like I do, you have Yondu. Mm-hmm. And you get lucky and you can destroy one of those two cards, you're in good mm-hmm. shape. And you can snap I, uh, right away. I one time uh played a game where um my first play was Yandu and it was on the location that like do like fills Doubles. the location with yeah. so like I took out oh. four of their cards. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I was like, I'm <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna go for this because I had um Uvatu who can see like the other locations. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm just gonna go for this. I'm gonna I'm like, I'm gonna try, see if I can make this person quit. So I played Yandu on that, and because obviously getting eight power total on that location is not great, but I'm like, but I just ripped four of your cards. Yeah. And then on the second turn, the location that came up is um, the one where it doubles your honor reveals. Yeah. So I played Cable there and then pulled two more nice. of the cards. There so I got go. rid of six cards in the first two turns, and they immediately quit. <laughs> no, I love it. I love that. I love that it's it's different every time you play it. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, so we've been talking for an hour and a half, Josh, about just the games we've been playing. Basically, this is, you just talked about how PSVG has been going along. We're gonna beat them, baby. We're gonna beat them. <laughs> uh, real quick, then, Josh. So December, um, yeah. we'll be recording the same schedule. Right now is the plan, at least. Um, that might tweak just slightly depending on holiday plans, but we'll be releasing like roughly that week before Christmas. Um, Josh, are there any games that you really want to still play, or you really want to make sure I still play? Um, <laughs> prior to talking about our favorite games of the year. Well, not big deal, but I'm just checking out because Marvel Snap has updated. I'm just checking out the daily offer. And I'm going to buy the Venomized Deadpool for 1,200 <laughs> gold. Cool. Because why the heck not? <laughs> why not, indeed? Uh, uh, sorry, are there any games what? <laughs> That you want to make sure I play, or that you still want to make sure that oh, you try to play? Oh, this is the homework section. 
Uh, this is going to be our homework section. Yeah, like we, we want to make month. sure. Right. That we have time. I want what you... us to play a game together. I do want to do that too. But I don't know I, that I that's think... a crazy. I'm, well, we've been podcasting together for uh, many years. Yeah. I understand how difficult this is, uh, but that doesn't make me want it less. So <laughs> I I reached out to you uh, a couple of days ago or yesterday. Who knows? Friday, probably. Um, we got some games in common uh, we can play, like Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is one. And I'm very happy and excited to buy The Devil in Me. Yeah, we do need to play that. So within the next month or so, I would love for the two of us just to it doesn't even have to be those two games i don't give a bleep what it is uh i just miss playing games with you so uh uh i think maybe when we were doing this weekly it was crazy to try to get us to play a game together yeah uh but we had a month i really think we need to sketch some time in and like no big deal. You going for a doctor? Who cares? Like it's so easy. And then me, I got to live my real life so hard. Uh, <laughs> we should try to find a way to play a game together. Like I said, I don't care what it is. Okay. If it supports multiplayer or co-op or versus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just we need to be social outside of this podcast together, where we can talk about our lives. While killing things and or people virtually, we should just play a game. And if it's the devil inside me or whatever that game was called or Call of Duty or uh, Ninja Turtles or whatever, because Ninja Turtles is free on Game Pass, by the way. I know. We could just just play TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Uh, I would like to play some games with you. Okay. My pick is me being selfish and also uh, being selfish. <laughs> okay. In, in addition to that, um, <laughs> which we know we totally do need to do, because especially even like if nothing else, like we've played all of the previous Dark Pictures games. So we need oh, to play right, this we will one. do it. If we don't do yeah. it this month, we'll still do it. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that before we talk about favorite games of the year that you want to get? make sure you get a chance to try out? Do I think I need an opinion on Gotham Knights? Probably. Uh, I see that no, well, it's don't on you sale. Have an opinion? Your opinion was you got it refunded. Isn't that an opinion? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now it's thirty dollars cheaper, and I'm still interested. I watched Kevin Austin play it at Extra Life, and I was like, "Oh, this game looks good. It looks way better than what I played." <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why it looks better, but I don't know if it was like a visual trick, like he's cast a spell on his TV. I don't know what happened, but uh, I can't imagine. I I didn't play the game. I saw him play. <laughs> and I don't know if that's because he chose Red Hood at the start and I chose Black Girl. I don't know. But yeah. um, I, come Black Friday, the decision will be made whether I play Gotham Knights this year or not. <laughs> and who knows where we'll end up. Uh, otherwise, like Elden Ring is like a sore spot on my side, mm-hmm. but it's also a game that I can't imagine me liking, so I'm not really pushing so hard to get it played. Right. Um, so I don't know that I have a good answer for your question. Do you have um, an answer to your own question? Well, because the one game that I'm that is already out that I've not played that I keep thinking about is Plague Tale Requiem. Oh yes. Okay. Um, 
because we both played Plague Tale Innocence, right? Yes. Was that the first one? And yeah. we both liked it. It was a great game and incredibly yeah. gorgeous for the time period it came out in. Yeah. So but I don't think, but neither one of us have played Requiem yet, correct? I haven't played it yet. And, and honestly, it's weird. I haven't had the urge to play it because okay. I get it for free, technically. Right. Not free. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's kind of like the currently existing one. And prob- I probably should play Elden Ring. Um, that currently, I, I think our game of the year stuff is gonna be really an interesting conversation. Do you know Josh. we can just file Elden Ring with Breath of the Wild? We're we okay. We can just we do that. Yeah, Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then like looking forward, like obviously Marvel's Midnight Suns and the Callisto yeah. Protocol both come out December second. Um, you the know, more I, I wasn't hear even about... interested in Callisto Protocol until I saw that new trailer that oh yeah showcased the actors, mm-hmm. and I was like, holy crap! I like these actors, and this looks good <laughs> pre-order <laughs> it doesn't look like dead space so um and then so marvel's midnight suns i'm actually more <laughs> interested in than i thought i would be yeah so yeah because so, i listened to a couple interviews with people who made the game and suddenly i'm more interested in than i thought it was going to be uh, but then the other one is uh crisis core final fantasy 7 reunion which doesn't come out until december 13th and that's fine <laughs> well josh luckily you don't have to like it <laughs> i played crisis core on my psp i don't need to play it again but those are kind of like what i still want to make sure in addition to actually finishing god of war probably finishing sonic yeah but probably we'll see i, I think our conversation is gonna be really interesting this year oh about it's gonna be a, a very interesting end of december yeah cool all right well hey should we uh at least cover a couple things in board game and video game news I really thought you were going to be like, let's just wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's cover a couple things. Uh, anything in the board game roundup that jumped out to you, Josh? Anything that you want to talk about? Hey, I think we owe it to our listeners to talk about the Last of Us Kickstarter. Well, heck yeah. Do you want to take it away? Do you want me to take it away? Uh, well, I mean, I can talk about it, but if you're more prepared than I, you can certainly take it away. Okay. Well, hey, there's a Last of Us board game coming. Uh <laughs> So the Last of Us Escape the Dark board game will have um, is been announced and is currently on Kickstarter. So you are welcome to go uh, back now if you want to. Uh, Eleven days left when we're recording it, so about nine left by the time you hear this podcast. Uh, for the very you know svelte price of seventy eight dollars for the standard edition or one hundred and eighteen dollars for the collector's edition, um, or an all in bundle for one fifty five approximately, um, you can go ahead and get the Last of Us Escape the Dark. Um, so the thing that's interesting about this particular board game is the developers behind it. Um, so the Escape the Dark games uh, are done by Themeborn, um, which is a UK-based uh, designer and publisher, uh, best known probably for, like I said, they did Escape the Dark, Escape the Dark Sector, um, and Escape the Dark Castle, and their games are black and white. Um, everything in the game, both the game board, the pieces, like everything is just in black and white. Um, and their games though are also extremely approachable. Uh, and I'm assuming this is going to be true for the last of us as well. Um, very light, very approachable scenario based kind of games where you kind of pick, uh, what you want to do, set up the board based off of the information that you're provided with, pick your characters that you're going to go with, um, and just try to accomplish the objective that's listed there. Uh, so, you know, we've seen more and more video games turn into board games. Um, so this is definitely, um, not a new thing. Uh, we've also obviously seen a number of PlayStation video games become board games, i.e. Uh, Horizon, God of War, um, and others like that. Josh, Uncharted when you first, A, game. what's that? The Uncharted deck building game. Oh yeah. Even that. 
Uh, Josh, when you first heard about uh, The Last of Us Escape the Dark, uh, A, were you excited? B, uh, what do you think about backing this? And uh, C, do you think this is going to live up to folks' expectations? <laughs> well, when I first heard about it, obviously I was very interested um, uh, because it seems to lend it like it's like the perfect board game idea. Uh, we we have uh, well, well, I guess on the other hand, we also had like the perfect Last of Us board game in Dead of Winter before yeah. this game even existed, but. Um, for me, as someone who would be interested in backing it, man, does this is this disappointing for the cost? Now, yeah. if this was half the price, I'd be interested. Uh, but we can't just rest on minis now. We can't just rest on miniatures uh, to drive up the value of games because the problem is every game does miniatures now, and they're more mm-hmm. affordable. So you can't. I don't see how you could charge $70 for miniatures when everyone has laser printers yeah. and manufacturing has laser printers, etc. I mean, I work at a company that has laser printers that builds little tiny little cancer treatment probe machines. Like uh, you pay more for the, the, the parts, like the cables, uh, the wire, whatever the word is they want to use for it. The filaments are the filaments to write. Yeah. Uh, to, to build these things uh don't make a game with minis if it's going to cost this much no nope. like someone looks at this game they'll be happy with a cardboard cutout on a standee if if that is what is changing the price for you um this is i think this is one of the downfalls of kickstarter because you could put a last of us board game out on shelves and people will buy it um without looking at the parts but when you put yourself out here and you're asking this much for what is essentially every time I look at this board, I think of like one of the first Walking Dead board games that came out. Mm-hmm. Like it's just kind of like that that cash grab license IP game. And and honestly, this game could be incredible. It really could. But when you're in Kickstarter, you're buying a game for so much more. You you have to go buy looks. And right. for us, like we've talked about so many CMON games. Mm-hmm. in the past where we know miniatures doesn't equal quality right. so maybe i'm a little bit more skeptical like i'm like oh great uh you got you know 16 dice and some minis and a black and white game and board you're not showing the value of your game right which is obviously a decision they made before they put put this out and they went with the same company right who did escape in the dark sector Mm-hmm. And that was the the gimmick. Like we do black and white games. Yep. We cause horror and dread. The Last of Us fits within horror and dread. Yeah. Uh, I just don't. I don't see it uh, at that price point. I don't know. Uh, uh, and I'd be happy to be wrong. But I just. I would. I would not back this game. How about you? Where are you at with this one? Well, unfortunately, I don't think my partner would play this game with me, so I can't just justify backing it. Sure. Um, I love The Last of Us, obviously. Uh, it's a really cool series, and I, I like all these games that are, are coming, to, all these video games coming to board games and, and seeing those stories done differently. Um, I think it's neat. Uh, just unfortunately, I, I, I don't know that I could get her in on this. Um, I will say that even though I'm not necessarily super into the whole black and white aesthetic that Themeborn does, I applaud them for like, this is what they are. 
Like oh, they for stick sure. to what they are. They they know who they are as a company and what they create. And I, I applaud that. Um, but this does seem a bit pricey, but everything is pricey these days too. So that's kind of what I go back to. I'm not, I don't think that they're making a killing on this. I think things are really expensive these days. Um, I was looking at picking up the weather machine the other day. Um, it's 150 bucks. And I was like, I, I just can't like justify that right now. Um, so, so yeah, so unfortunately this is a pass for me. I do hope it's good. Um, and like, maybe this sounds really bad, but just knowing that the game is probably exceedingly lightweight for some reason, I have a harder time paying a lot of money for a lightweight game. I don't know why that is, but I do. No, I get it. I, I, I understand where you're coming from. For me, like how, how do you not see the last of us in picture green, green, green grass and trees and bushes? Like that's the aesthetic of this game. Black and white does not lend itself to this game. Nope, I hear you there. I hear you there. But hey, you know what? They have, like I said, when you hear this, there'll be about, you know, nine days left. They have, you know, raised $689,000. Oh, yeah, they crushed it. (laughs) You know, they need $142,000 to to make it happen. They have over 6,000 backers. So they're in good shape, right? This is definitely going to happen. I hope it's really good. Um, And maybe if it is, it's something I can look at picking up down the line. But right now, just unfortunately, uh, not something I'm going to jump into. Uh, okay, Josh. So one thing I did want to also talk about potentially here uh, is, you know, this little board game uh, when we're you know talking about video games, we have all these remasters that happen. Uh, Hasbro decided that they wanted to bring back a much loved game in HeroScape Age of Annihilation Vanguard Edition, which you had to get through Hasbro Pulse, which is basically their internal kickstarting uh, Kickstarter uh, service um, that, hey, you know, they put some things on here that they're not certain if they're going to happen. Um, they want to see what the interest is. And if the interest is high enough, then they'll run them. So HeroScape, one of those uh, miniatures games from the late 90s, early 2000s that people love. Um, it's kind of one of those much revered games that people always talk about. There are awesome experiences with it when you could have characters from wildly different franchises fighting each other and to see who would win. Um, so they were like, hey, let's bring it back. You know, Avalon Hill via Hasbro was like, let's bring it back. Um, and they're like, we'll go ahead and we'll put this new game on Hasbro Pulse, Heroescape, Age of Annihilation, Vanguard Edition, and then they said it's going to be $249.99. So basically, you can get um, all of this terrain, these minis, all of these things for the same price as an Xbox Series S on Black Friday, um, $250, bucks, and they said, hey, you know, in order to make this happen, uh, we need eight thousand backers now you might just remember i said that right now the last of us board game has a little over six thousand backers uh raising you know over six hundred thousand dollars um at prices far less than 249 and they somehow thought that they needed to get to eight thousand backers uh in order to make this worthwhile so what happens they release this they put it up on hasbro pulse it fails to fund they only get 4,353 backers, which still seems like a lot, uh, but it's short of the 8,000. So now we get no hero escape. So Josh, what are your thoughts on, you know, Avalon Hill coming back, putting up this hero escape that people were super excited for, then everyone saw the price of it and suddenly not any, many people were excited for it. And now saying like, hey, you know, we only had 4,300 backers, only, only 4,300 backers at 250 bucks a pop. So as a result, we can't make this. There's just no way for us to make it. We needed at least 8,000 people. Thoughts on the fake return of HeroScape? It's really weird what Hasbro's done recently because um, they really dive deep into the backing. 
but they decided not to use Kickstarter, which right. I really feel like would like be a benefit to them. Um, and they had these like exorbitant costs. Like I, I, I'm on their email chain cause my son loves transformers now. So I like see, and he loves ghostbusters, which they have the license to both. Um, so I'm always following them and, and I see hero escape pops up at comic-con or, or, or whatever. Yeah. Comic-con. And they're like, Hey, we got this thing. And then there's a new transformers one. And it's like, Hey, back this trans, this obscure transformer that was like a King who had a throne and he's half dinosaur has transformer. Oh, it's only $250. Please back it. <laughs> and I just don't understand that mentality. Uh, well, I do. I, I should say, I should take that back. I get the mentality, right? You're like, hey, I'm a company and our consumers will back our costs. Like, why wouldn't we ever not do this? Right. Everything we should do should be community funded. But the, but like you said, you get... 4,000 people willing to spend $250 and then you cancel it. Right. Realizing you just cut in half your production and still make all fortune because obviously it doesn't cost them that much to make anything that they're trying to make, especially Hero Escape. <laughs> like, yeah. you're making out of plastic pieces that connect together. I can go to Target and buy Mega Blocks, not Lego, for the same price and make my own Hero Escape. <laughs> it's just. It is very weird to me that um, this is happening. But also, like, as a company, you want to put a value to your product. And if if that value doesn't maintain, then now your product is, is uh, losing value. So uh, I don't know. If, maybe I think this is like fast-tracking devaluation of product. Because now they're like, HeroScape, a game that no one's talked about for 20 years. 25 years, actually. Uh, all of a sudden, we're bringing it back because it was so hard to find, right? And right. people have this nostalgia. Yeah. And, oh, my goodness, we brought Hero Escape out last year. People were willing to spend $100 plus on it. So now let's just rake them over the coals. <laughs> right. And, and what's happening is uh, people are like, no, you, we're raking you over the coals. <laughs> and... You look foolish for asking us for this much money. It, I, I just don't think that this is doing any favors to Hasbro. It makes them look bad. It makes them look like they're overcharging. And obviously the fans have spoken because they don't have as much fandom as they expected, I don't think. Right. A yeah, niche product. It, it is interesting like how they're kind of doing some things because – I've just been poking around their website and stuff. And it, it just is fascinating to me about like the stuff that is on here that I would never know. Like they have a Transformers Optimus Prime auto converting robot collector's edition for $750. Yeah. By, by Robison. Yeah. But Hey, that doesn't <laughs> include the trailer. So if you want to get the trailer, it's another $750. Uh, $750. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. My son's been watching those videos on YouTube. <laughs> I'm like, buddy, you keep dreaming. And then Adam Savage did one. And I was like, well, I'm more interested. <laughs> yeah, whoo, fifteen hundred bucks for a for a trans for an Optimus Prime. Yeah, Dang. they also did a Buzz Lightyear that from the same company, and uh, obviously my son is very interested in that. <laughs> yeah, goodness gracious. But anyway, that's yeah. So I, I just don't know what they were thinking. Like four thousand seems like a, a ton of people. I, yeah, 
especially at that price, 4,000 people seems like a lot of people. Um, because, man, like I said, you know, Black Friday, I'll be able to get an Xbox Series S for that price. Um, but what are you going to do? Anything else in the board game world, Josh, you want to talk about? Well, we could talk about more, but we don't need to talk about how horrible it is to work at Pandasaurus games. Which is unfortunate, apparently. Elder Ring board games coming up because we don't care about Elder Ring. <laughs> or that Embracer Group is doing... Embracer Group was like, hey, um, I think people associate our name with too many properties, so we should just create subdivisions so people forget that they're, they're owned by us. <laughs> I don't know that that's super important to cover. Based off of, I think our life events were more important than that. So, uh, if you are interested in the Elden Ring uh, Kickstarter, though, it will launch the day this po- podcast comes out, November 22nd. Oh. Um, so that's an important thing to know. Uh, the core pledge is $179. Is it all uh, black and white? Pledge. What's that? Is it all black and white? Uh, it is not. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of gray, though, for those miniatures. Yeah. Um, but the all-in pledge is $429. For now. For now. <laughs> Unless they announce anything else to add to it. Yeah. So, but there you go. Awesome. Hey, Josh, video game news then. What's anything video it. game you want to talk about? I mean, we would be crazy people to not talk about uh, PSVR 2. <laughs> uh, I want to clarify, I totally nailed that price as a sarcastic guess <laughs> when we did our guesses. Uh, yeah, it was about 50 bucks more than I thought it was going to be. I thought boy, it was going to be 500 oh boy. Uh, Well, yeah, for you, it seems less crazy. For me, it seems just the right amount of crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because you also have to remember, a lot of people who are interested in PS3 or 2 have still not been able to get a PS5. So they're actually looking at a bit more of an investment uh, for a uh, machine that is tethered to a console. Yeah. Uh, By the way, a console that is so tall... That if you turned the wrong way, it would totally come down from whatever you have it standing on. Unless well, you have it sideways, which is a crime. <laughs> mine is sideways, so I guess I'm committing a crime. Because it, it's too tall to fit between my shelves otherwise. It's an internet crime. <laughs> so uh, I personally yeah. don't care how you store your PS5. Um, unless it's like hurting the the cooling of your system, which you yeah. shouldn't do. Uh, I mean, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> go no, go ahead. Go. What were you saying? <laughs> I was just gonna say, I, I I just my I showed my wife the trailer for Horizon Call of the Mountain, mm-hmm. and she looked at me and she goes, "Oh, you're gonna get a PSVR two, aren't you?" And I was like, "Well, good for you. No, <laughs> do I want to play this game? A one hundred percent, yes, I do. Um, I can't understand. Like we talked when when uh, Oculus raised its price, mm-hmm. or sorry, MetaQuest." raised its price a few months ago. We talked, uh, I, I specifically mentioned how good this was for PlayStation. Like, what a gift to give to PlayStation. You just got to come in 50 bucks under in your better VR like thing. Uh, and obviously between now and then, we've also got the Oculus, sorry, the MetaQuest Pro or whatever it's called, which is uh, like 12, 1100 bucks, I think. It's a lot of money. I just I don't I don't understand how this is coming in so high. Like for five forty nine for the standard, five ninety nine for the console 
with Horizon. So you get a $50 game with it. Uh, you're not including accessories, charging accessories, whatever, docking, etc. And you're, you don't get any of, as far as I know, and this could change, and you might know more than I do, but you don't get any backwards compatibility with any games you own. Correct. Uh, so maybe this is a more feasible purchase for people who have never had PSVR or VR period, uh, which I guess I could understand if I'm putting myself in the mindset of never having VR, but maybe only ever experiencing it at friends' houses or arcades or whatever, really wanting to push you forward into the VR landscape, but still knowing that I could get a MetaQuest 2 cheaper than this, I don't know why I wouldn't do that. Uh, With the exception of losing out on like PlayStation first-party games, which, as far as we know right now, is only Horizon, right? That is, yeah, the only like so far, officially I mean, announced game. And they'll, they'll announce more, I'm sure, because they have to, right? There has to be more PlayStation first-party games. And like right. an Astrobot is very like um, uh, tempting, like knowing that you could get a cool game like that. But right. I got Moss 2 on my Quest 2. Like, I already have Moss 2. Yeah. I, got, I, I just got Iron Man. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm starting to get some games I never thought I'd even get to play. And while I know I'll probably never play Horizon on my Quest 2, if you look at the games that they have announced, like Jurassic World Aftermath, already on the Quest. Um, Pistol Whip, I have it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Great game, which I'm glad people can play. Cities VR, After the Fall, all these games already on the Quest 2. I think maybe Dark Picture Switchback VR is the only one uh, that I can't get so far and i mean i don't want to poop my pants while i'm playing my vr i don't need it on my quest too <laughs> uh so great you can keep that one <laughs> right uh, i don't uh, but i'm also like conflicted because i don't want to come across as like just crapping all over this because i get that the, it's a price because they need to make a profit i just don't I don't know what their profit margins are, and I don't know why this they're charging so much for what I would consider an introductory VR system. Because like the like the Steam Index and the uh, MetaQuest Pro, or whatever the heck they're calling it, those are like arguably higher tech than what we're seeing from the PSVR two. I mean, you do know that the PSVR two from a from a tech perspective crushes the MetaQuest two, right? Like it's not the, even close. Oh, the Quest two, yeah. I'm talking about the the new the new Quest, right? So what what I'm saying though is like, yes, it is lo- far less expensive than the headsets that you were just talking about. Yes, well, not and it far. is more expensive uh, than the yeah, Quest two. So if you're comparing it, to, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, yes, yeah, that makes sense. I get you. So, and I think the easy answer, or not the easy answer, but the question is like, Josh, well, then why would you buy a PlayStation 5 if you could just buy a Nintendo Switch? Because the games like, look <laughs> crappier and, and run. So why would you why would you pay for a more expensive thing to make them run better? That's the obvious question. No, I'm saying that's, that is the answer to the question, right? Like PSVR 2, four full K OLEDs in each eye, 120 like degrees of, or 110 degrees of field of view versus not anywhere near 4K. Other two like, consoles, you can't move anywhere. 90 hertz versus 120 well right because you're paying like you're the the what you're giving up is like 
good enough versus better, right? Like if you want to have the ability to play anywhere, awesome. MetaQuest yeah. 2 is great. But if you want a higher quality experience, that in this case is going to include being tethered, like you're going to have to pay for it. Like, and if you don't want that, that's fine. You know, Nintendo has shown us that good enough is is best for most people. But like, I don't really think they're the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying with the Nintendo Slam, but... It's not a I slam. Well, Nintendo's I, highly successful. It's not a slam at all. No, but I just don't know that they're here for this party. Like, this isn't a Nintendo party. This is a VR party. And, and I, I'm not trying to compare this to the Quest 2. I'm not. Like, I get that this is going to be superior to the Quest 2. Uh, I do get that. But the games they're offering aren't. Oh, I agree 100%. And that's where it's going to have to come in, like... I did not pre-order this because the biggest reason being I'm just not gonna have the time to play it, right? Like typically I, I would have tried to have pre-ordered this because the pre-orders did sell out. Um, I typically would have tried, but I knew I wasn't gonna have the time. And knowing that there's only one game that I'm like really interested in right now, like that that's not a good that's not good enough for me to drop 550 bones right now, right? Yeah. Like, um, so I agree with you. And I think the big thing of what makes Nintendo different in this situation, right, is that Nintendo delivers the good for games. PlayStation needs to show some different games that you can't already play everywhere else. Or if you can, why are they going to be better on PSVR 2 and tell us that why or show us why, which is hard to do with VR, like why it's going to be worth the investment? Because if you can't do that, then it isn't worth the investment, right? So I agree with you overall. I'm just saying I, I think like the idea of like, well, I don't know why you would. Like, I think the why is there. They just haven't shown that there's a big enough difference, right? Because have is it worthwhile for as a developer to be like, hey, we can just port this thing really quick. Is it worth us to put in the extra work to to make it take full advantage of the the power of the hardware? Right. And if it's not, well, PlayStation, you got to incentivize that, you know? Right. So the why that and that's my point. Like the why isn't there? Like there's no oh, reason to buy this. There's one game that they're touting, and every other game they're touting are older games that probably yep. probably play and look better on this unit, 100%. but it's just. I just at 400 bucks, this is a must buy and yeah. how much are they losing? Like if they sell it cheaper to get, like, I cannot believe that the pre is sold out. I really have. A, they did. Yeah. They I, did I know that. it's like, I got the invite and I was like, delete. <laughs> and then I got another email saying I was still in for pre-orders and I was like, delete again. Like it just, Honestly, I think what you said is true. Like if if we had seen five games mm-hmm. that are exclusive to this unit that look we in in your right also VR is like incredibly hard to showcase. Yeah. In, in fact, it's impossible to showcase unless you have VR. Uh which maybe they missed an opportunity to market it on Oculus cuz you can do Oculus Horizon Worlds, not Horizon Horizon, but what they call horizon worlds where you can experience things in VR that are like concerts and stuff. Mm-hmm. If they just showcase like PSVR two games in that venue. Uh, I would be more interested if there was like more than just one, we'll call it next gen, I guess game for this, but they're not showing the value because they're saying like, Oh, we got beat saber. Great. But, you got to pay another forty dollars for it. I mean, what do you mean? I already paid forty dollars for it, and twice actually. I paid forty. <laughs> you paid forty dollars for it on PSVR, then I paid forty dollars for it <laughs> on Oculus, and now I'm going to pay another forty dollars for it. Like that's well, wild. And it, it, it's important to keep in mind though that theoretically, 
a developer could update their game to work with PSVR 2. Yeah. It's up to the developer to do that. Oh, for sure. 100%. You know, so they're just saying it's not going to work out of the box. Because, like, Pistol Whip, like, the Pistol Whip is is a free upgrade. Like, if you have Pistol Whip and you, on PSVR and you get PSVR 2, like, you, it is a free upgrade for you. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah, so it, it is something that can happen. It's just up to the developers to, to make that happen and decide whether or not they're going to charge for it. Uh, because they're, the games aren't going to work automatically. And, you know, if you're if you're, you know, a small developer who's working on VR games, like what's the investment there? Like what's the worth to you to like update it? You know, like and that's yeah. the, the tough question. And to be honest, this is one of the, uh, and this is not me overall defending Sony. Like I understand why the games don't work right away. Like, cause it, I can see with how crappy the move ones are, why they wouldn't work. But I think it would have been really nice if Sony had um, incentivized developers to be like, hey, we'd love for you to upgrade, update your games, you know, to work on PSVR 2. And if you do, we'll give you some money and we'll include them like in a nice little package for like kind of like your PlayStation, um, what your PlayStation Plus collection that they have for PS5 owners, like doing something like that for PSVR 2. Like, let's take some older PSVR games. Let's update them to work with PSVR 2. We'll give you some money to do it. And then we'll like put all these in this collection for you to do like because even that then would be much more appealing that if it's not every game I have already, if I'm getting 10 or 15 games that I've already paid for that are now going to work now, likely I'm more in than I was a month ago. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I think overall they're handling this pretty poorly um, because the text seems really cool. And like, I know some people aren't yeah. wild about the tether. I don't really care about that. I hate um, it. But I that's because I changed. That's, fine. that's because I went from PSVR to Oculus and I, I can right. never go back. Right. And I'm, but I'm just wondering if the, if the quality of the experience was good enough, would that sure. change your mind again? You know, who knows? Yeah. No, I know. And I agree with you, but like watching, I watched my son play the frozen uh, experience on VR and he walked yeah. around the room and, walked into things and i know he could never do that on a tethered <laughs> like with a tethered experience so uh but i get it. i do get it like they're they're limited based off of the technology they have and if they want to push those boundaries maybe that has to be through a tether i, I get that aspect uh i'm going to give you some uh breaking news oh breaking news let's do it bob Iger is back as ceo at disney effective what? immediately Replacing Bob Chapik. Just a huge FYI, late breaking news for everybody. You know, non um, problematic Bob Iger <laughs> back as Disney CEO. <laughs> no big <Wow>. deal. Wow. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have a great. That's interesting. You don't need to have an opinion. <laughs> Just soak it in, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Someone who just came back from the D world. They got a new owner. <laughs> a re-owner, if you will. Man. Well. <laughs> there you go, I guess. Um Jason David Frank, dead, Bob Iger, back at Disney. <laughs> huh. The world is upside down. <laughs> That's wow. I don't, yeah, that's a wild, wild story. 
Well, okay, Josh. Directly from my text to my text train. Thanks to Marcel for the update. <laughs> wow, Bob Iger's back. Uh, anything else video game related you want to talk about, Josh? Oh boy, we can talk about a lot. I think I did the PSVR one. If you want to talk about something, yeah. So here I'll jump into this. Anyway. Well, you know, speaking of Disney, uh, it was announced, and this was a while <laughs> ago, but hey, we only record once a month now. That uh, yeah. you know. Electronic Arts has signed a deal with Marvel to, that for at least three video games. The first one we already know is going to be the um, announced, but we know really nothing about uh, Iron Man game. Um, so that's kind of one of the games uh, that yeah. is that is in this group of three. Uh, so Motive is making Iron Man. What Great. else do we want from EA when it comes to uh, Marvel games, Josh? If I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything anymore from EA ever. <laughs> okay. Wow. That, you don't even want the next uh, Star Wars, what the shoot is the action combat Fallen one? Order. Yeah. <laughs> no, I guess I'm giving them a lot of crap. Uh, uh, yes, I do. I'm looking forward to Fallen Order 2. Uh, I guess my biggest worry with EA is their intentions for any IP they obtain. So, um could it be in could the Marvel license be in better hands? Probably, but I, I guess I'm okay with them having uh, some games coming out as long as they're focusing on what's important for the game, right? If it's important for the game to be a single player narrative, please just do that. Uh I think we learned this from EA uh from the EA from Gotham Knights, where we're where it's just kind of unspooling that this game was built as a a uh, game of service game that they backtracked on to make uh you know a different experience but the game is clearly showing that they didn't do enough to fix that so right it, it, it just ea's track record doesn't support what i want from a game from them. uh going all the way back to like titanfall 2 right titanfall 2 uh argue arguably one of the best multiplayer uh campaign stories overshadowed by what was arguably also a very good multiplayer game, but uh, I would just really like to see them focus on one thing. And I, I, I think it might just it might not just be EA that feels this way, but um, a game doesn't have to serve multiple purposes necessarily to be successful. And if you're going to put out an Iron Man game, I don't want that game to be multiplayer. I want it yeah. to be a, a camp solo campaign game. Agreed. Um, I just don't have the confidence that we're going to get that. If yeah, that makes I can sense. see that. I can see that. No other characters, though, that you're thinking that you'd really want to see a game from. From EA, if they have the Marvel license, like a Doctor Strange game is like just, just it's just chomping at the bit to explore the multiverse. Like, give us a like we've seen for spoken enough to know that that is a Doctor Strange character. <laughs> <laughs> like, if this if it's a game that's successful, why not? like borrow off that success and make your own Doctor Strange game. There's so many Marvel IPs like that are begging for games, but it has to be done right. And right. we're going to see like, and we're going to talk about EA or we're talking about EA. Like the one thing that doesn't make sense is this Captain America Black Panther game. Yeah. It, it just doesn't make sense timeline wise, story wise for everyone who's grown up in the MCU I know that it's not Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther, but this is never a story that was told. Um, and they're just trying, I feel like they're just trying to shoehorn in this story. When you have this like huge encyclopedia of characters you could create a game for, why are you trying to force this game 
when you can make a Thor game, you can make an Iron Man game, you can make a standalone Captain America game. Where past the Activision licensed superhero games, like it's free reign, do what you want. Yeah. You can even like take copy paste Anthem and make it an, an Iron Man game, and yeah. nobody would notice because <laughs> three of us played Anthem. That's right. Uh, it was fun so while we played it. I loved I love Anthem and I really wish it <laughs> survived. So I'm yeah, of course I'm dying for an Iron Man Anthem game. Make it better. Make Anthem a good game. Put Iron Man in there. Like there's so much. We could sit here for hours talking about IP that I think that EA can make successful from Marvel. Uh I just don't like the direction they're going. Yeah. Um I think for me, and this is, you know, just purely off of, I am not a super knowledgeable about the comics and things like that, but just in what the little that I know, uh, the two things that jump out to me that I think there are uh, at least skeletons that show the idea theoretically could be good. Uh, number one, Ghost Rider. Yes. We have Days oh. Gone, which has problems, but I think it shows <laughs> that doing some sort of motorcycle-based game yeah. that also has combat from the motorcycle, like... There is a world like while that game had a lot of problems, there is a world where that could be good, right? Like there was enough there to show that like, hey, we could probably do something pretty neat as far as that goes. So I think that might be a cool option. Yeah. The other thing that might be a cool option, I think would be pretty neat would be Silver Surfer because I oh, think man, I'm dying for a Silver Surfer game <laughs> because yeah, and because I, I think like what is so if, when you think about the games that are super fun in the genre, especially recently Spider-Man, it's just traversal, right? But even if you go to the infamous games, like that traversal is so fun. Now, if you imagine like being Silver Surfer and flying around places and like using your surfboard to go off of buildings and stuff, that'd be awesome. Like it'd be just so much fun. So yeah, they have to I reintroduce think, him though into the MCU yeah. before we can get that game. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. But I, I think so. Those are the two that jump out to me that I think would be fun. I don't know that they're either one of them are mainstream enough right now that they would be who um, is being looked at by by EA. But those are where I think there might be some neat things there. So, anything else, Josh? Yeah, I mean, I could talk to you for hours, but we should probably uh, <laughs> keep on keeping on, right? Okay, well, we're going to do this then just because. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Oh, we have to do this. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, not, and I know not everyone loves this, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh, well, Josh. Buckle up, buddies. <laughs> buckle up, because our good friend Jeff Keighley announced all of the nominees for the Game Awards 2022. Right, uh, we sorry, talked about bye, last... Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Donnie. Yeah, thank, we appreciate you listening up to this point. We really do appreciate it. Um <laughs> and others too, probably potentially, because I know this is can be uh, sure. an annoying topic for some, and I totally understand. Uh, last month we talked about the nominees for the Golden Joysticks. The Golden Joysticks actually will be awarded, I think, the day this podcast comes out. So oh, that's why we're not talking about them today. To all the winners. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but we did get the announcements of uh, all of the nominees for the Game Awards, which will be happening in December. Um, no, I don't know if there is anything too, too surprising on the list. I think there are some, maybe some snubs that were more surprising than games sure. that were actually nominated. That's always, yeah. Uh, how do you want to tackle this? I don't know that we want to go through every category. Are there certain things you want to talk about? Or do you just want to talk about what stuck out to you? Do you want to talk about games that you feel were not recognized at the level they should have been, or you feel maybe were dismissed a little bit too much? Like, what are your thoughts? Well, I don't know that we, I, I don't know that we need to contribute to the conversation about games that were missed out on because... It's that's not going to change anything, right? Uh, it's not. It's true. It, you know, it is what it is. I think maybe we cover like the top five or six categories and maybe pick what we think is, 
is going to win. That sounds but good. Really, the Game Awards is about game trailers, right? <laughs> and announcements and world premieres. Well, then let's start there, Josh. What do you? Th- what would you love to see as one of those announcements, world premieres, trailers? What would you love to see at the Game Awards? Well, uh, it would be crazy for us to not see Kojima's new game. Like, it's already started leaking. Uh, we already know the actress, Dakota Fanning. Do you assume this is the Xbox game? Do you think this is a different oh, game? Do you think this is Death Stranding 2? Like, what is that game? I don't know what the game is, actually. I'm not sure if it's the Xbox exclusive game or if it's a sequel. I think it's more likely the Death Stranding sequel because it has... Sorry, I said Dakota Fanning, but I meant Elle Fanning. It Elle has Fanning, a, yeah. an actress attached to it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's more in line with where Death Stranding was because it was just chock full of actors. It was. Um, so maybe this is the Death Stranding sequel. Uh, I also think he is in control of what leaks and doesn't leak. So I feel like he probably also knows that this content is out there. Um, but I think we see, we'll probably see some pr- like proper gameplay for this game that's coming out that has Al Fanning starring in it. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see some Ra- Rahul Kohli as. They have been tweeting bros in the past year uh, to maybe see him either in this game or in his own game or cameoing in one of like Conan O'Brien-esque Death Stranding moments. Gotcha. Anything else that you are, and not even that you're predicting, but that you just would think would be nice to see there or that you'd be happy to see there as far as announcements, trailers, things like that? I think we're probably primed up for a few things. We're going to probably see the PS5 Slim proper announcement, and we're probably going to see a Switch 2 or whatever they're going to call it. Okay. uh, Announcement as well, because honestly, after last year, I need to I need to up my predictions for Keeley (laughs) because I was way underselling him on what he was able to. Uh, procure for game awards announcements um so i'm just going to shoot for the skies we see the next switch we see the ps5 slim we'll probably get this um focus on the samsung tv that has game pass built in Mm, yeah um as well because really that's what xbox needs to push for is cloud gaming because that's all they have (laughs) (laughs) uh uh for now um and we'll probably see like the we'll probably see more Starfield, but I don't I don't know that we're going to see a ton of things I'm like anticipating. I'm not anticipating a Switch Two. Like I just bought a Switch Pro. Get get over yourselves, Nintendo. Do you, Do you think that you see both Starfield and Redfall? So that that's the other. I mean, Redfall is completely off my radar. Even if that game comes out, I'm just not interested anymore. Okay. Uh, I'm probably more interested in Starfield. Okay. Um, because it could potentially be better than a Fallout game. More or mm-hmm. like for me, like um Outer Worlds was a game that is a approachable Fallout for me. Right. Where you're not like it's more Dragon Age than it is Fallout. Yeah. So I'm really hoping Starfield is that, but it probably isn't. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, I think for me, like, obviously, I tend to have my home base in one place, but I, I would really like, I know they said next year, I would love to see something of Naughty Dog's multiplayer game. I know they oh. originally said 
that Factions. we're going to see something next year at the, when they talk this summer. But since they were there this summer talking to Jeff Keighley, I was wondering if maybe they will be there this winter talking to Jeff Keighley as well. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, like, we really don't know much. Like, PlayStation has kind of wrapped up most of their announced games at this point. Like, we know, obviously, Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine are coming, and we know that Naughty Dog's multiplayer thing is coming. We really don't know much outside of that. Like, we can assume, obviously, there'll be another, like, rendition of the show and, like, all of that stuff, but... And, you know, supposedly PlayStation has been dragging their feet and making announcements because of all the stuff with Activision Blizzard and Microsoft acquisition oh because they thought it would hurt them, <laughs> um, yeah. their argument. Uh, so I don't know that we'll see much else. I, you know, uh, it, why am I blinking? Uh, the folks who made Spider-Man. Insomniac, Insomniac, goodness gracious. Um, they have still <laughs> said that that game is coming out in 2023. They've Which reiterated that. Uh, no, Spider-Man 2. Oh, and just Spider-Man. Yeah, so they said that's coming out in 2023 still, so we'll see. Um, but we haven't seen really anything since those trailers over a year ago at this point. So, you know, PlayStation has been extremely quiet. Um, so I think we'll see something with PSVR 2, um, some games related to that. Uh, but like I said, I would love to see the multiplayer thing. I think we'll see Arc Raiders, the game that um, was supposed to be out this year that was announced last year that still isn't out, just that was at the, um, the show. Uh, I think there's a possibility if there is dlc for elden ring like i think that would be a, a something we could see um so i think that will be there um i would love to see an update from xbox on uh wow man recording these late at night um <laughs> the game about that's the norse game uh oh assassin's creed valhalla no not assassin's creed valhalla <laughs> i think it's norse or is it celtic our oh, tunic no not that game <laughs> 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 killing me man you're absolutely killing me oh death loop uh, no. <laughs> also not death loop also not death loop joshua why can't i um senua oh hellblade 2 <laughs> yeah thank you gosh i don't know why that was so hard um man that was tough that was real tough but i i feel like maybe we're time due for an update on that right yeah, that was like we're last way year. overdue for hellblade 2 stuff yeah yeah well, that was like last year um so yeah but Oh, and I do appreciate, though, that when I looked it up, it said, set in a dark fantasy world inspired by Norse mythology and Celtic culture. So I'm glad I got both of them. Because I was like, which one is it? Um, Perfect. So that's good. Um, But so I would really like to see an update there because I'm really interested in where that game is at. Um, But yeah, I think that, you know, Keeley is definitely going to have some options, especially with how quiet people have been. And Nintendo, too, right? Like, we haven't seen a ton from Nintendo lately, so who knows exactly what they're up to. Yeah. yeah, do you do you think I, Nintendo can compete next year if they don't announce a new console that can handle Sonic Frontiers, as an example, or Pokemon Scarlet and Violet? Uh Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. They're going to be just fine. But uh, right, uh, sales wise, I get it. But can that game run on a Switch? Well, we'll find. I don't think it'll matter. <laughs> we'll find out because Pokemon can't. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, you know. Nintendo's internal teams seem to view a pretty good job of squeezing every bit of juice they can. Yeah. Um, because it's first party. You think they'll nail it. Yeah. So, um, cool. So like I said, I'm really interested to see what the, what they're going to have there. I'm probably going to watch the far too long events. Cause it, always oh yeah, the three long. and a half hour. Yeah. The three and a half, four awards. hours with <laughs> a ton of ads. It'll be great. And they'll give out sure. half the, half the awards will be given out on the pre-show in the first 30 minutes on a and, thursday by the way <laughs> i know right but okay so let's just run through a few categories here uh i'm just gonna start with most anticipated yeah. um final fantasy 16 hogwarts legacy resident evil 4 starfield 
Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Josh, both what are your what is your mass, most anticipated from that list and what do you think will win? Well, it's weird that you said Resident Evil 4 because that's a really old game. I don't know how I know, that right? can be Crazy. most anticipated. <laughs> uh, for me, most anticipated is probably Hogwarts Legacy right now. Really? Because uh, I just saw some more stuff on the houses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just Even over so- Starfield for you? Yeah, I mean, I hate Fallout, so why would I like Starfield? <laughs> I suppose. Uh, in fact, I don't think I like a single Bethesda game uh, <laughs> fully. Like, I half like some of them. Uh, I think, obviously, the winner is going to be Legend of Zelda, but uh, yeah. I-, I think Hogwarts Legacy is the-, the winner for me, personally. Awesome. Well, I'm Even actually right there with you. Notorious Turf, J.K. Rowling, and <laughs> getting money from it. Yeah, I am right there with you. Hogwarts Legacy is my most anticipated, but I think Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is what is going to win. Um, if you have others you want to know, do talk about, let me know. Um, I'm just going to roll slide up other one to best yeah. role playing. Um, Elden Ring, Live Alive, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Triangle Strategy, or Xenoblade Chronicles 3. <laughs> uh, yeah. What 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 do you think there, Josh? What do you think will take it home, or what do you want to take it home? Well, I'm inclined to pick Xenoblade Chronicles three, um, mm-hmm. only because of how much I liked Part two. Yeah. However, uh, I've only put about two hours into Chronicles three. Oh, it must be because it's bad then. So why are you picking it? Yeah, well, only because I think I just started playing everything like under the sun all of a sudden once this game came. I was like, oh, I got nothing to play. Xenoblade Chronicles three makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> and then everything came out um but obviously Elden Ring's gonna win this yeah uh, i would like live alive to win um i did really enjoy that game uh but i i think xenoblade chronicles 3 might take this just because i feel like people might vote for it here and then vote for Elden ring in every other category sure. that Elden ring is in but um so yeah so i would pick live alive personally um but I, I do think Elden ring will win but it would not surprise me if xenoblade chronicles 3 did um, best action adventure plague tale requiem god of war ragnarok horizon forbidden west stray and tunic Oof, that's a good category i feel like right my i think right now my answer is horizon forbidden west but i suspect that god of war uh will surpass that in the next month yeah i think god of war will win i don't know what i want to win yet because i'm not done with god of war yet yeah so, same, same. um i like to uh, I don't want to get into because a lot of people are debating whether Stray should be included in any of this. I think oh, Stray is a fine people game. People who hate on Stray are, uh, if I'm going to be uh, crass for our podcast, they're buttholes. Get over <laughs> yourselves. It is a perfectly fine game. Yeah, it's fine. Yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, okay. Best action game Bayonetta 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Neon White, Sifu, or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. It's really funny because out of this category, I don't know that either of these fit this category perfectly. <laughs> they're all f- like they're all fine action games. I don't know that yeah. any of these are best action games. Uh, I would, for me, it would be a tie between Sifu and Ninja Turtles. Okay. Because uh, I don't view Modern Warfare 2 as an action game. I know that it is technically an action game, but it's an FPS as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, um, but what will win will be Call of Duty because people are blind and they cannot see. <laughs> I'm going to pick. I would like Sifu to win, but I think Bayonetta 3 is going to. Yeah, even though it it is only a Nintendo and it runs like garbage. <laughs> yes, I'm still picking it. I might be wrong. 
but I keep in mind I the thing I keep thinking about, and I'm pretty sure this is right, ninety percent of the vote is the the is you know the industry quote unquote the sure um the media and ten percent is the fans. So I think I can't that believe the they media... only paid that woman four thousand dollars to to record that game. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, best mobile, or it's just Marvel Snap, right? Yeah, we can move on from that. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, and I'm going to cover these next two just because they are two actually really good categories. Best debut indie. Neon White, Norco, Stray, Tunic, Vampire Survivors. What do you think, Josh? I've heard wonderful things about Norco, and I really want to play it. Um, but I got to no, go with Vampire Pass. Survivors right now. I have to. Yeah. I mean, I think Vampire Survivors is my pick as well for this. Um, though I haven't played Neon White, though, and I really want to. I've heard it's very it, good. Yeah, but Vampire Survivors, I think, is just whew, that game for it's what ingenious. it is. So good. Yeah. Uh, and then Best Indie, Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Sifu, Stray, and Tunic. Banger of a list. Granted, these are all indies that we have heard a ton about. These were yeah. really um, well-supported indies by major companies, um, being first-party companies who who supported most of these pretty pretty extensively. Uh, but what, are your, what is your pick here, then, for Best Indie? I think based off our earlier conversation, I know your answer. Yeah, I mean, Call of the Lamb is one of the best games made in the past 10 years. So uh, I can't see how it's not number one on this. On this okay. list. It is very good. For me, it'd be, I, I would be hard-pressed to pick between Cult of the Lamb and Sifu. I like them both a lot. Sure. Um, Cult of the Lamb, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think Cult of the Lamb is going to win, but I would probably pick Sifu. So. Sure. Um. Do you want to talk about best performance or do you just want to keep going up? Uh, no, let's get best performance because I'm biased. Okay. <laughs> so let's go. I mean, do you just want to go to game direction and game of the year or do you want to talk about anything else? Do you want to talk about narrative, art direction, score and music, audio? Let's do game direction and game of the year. Yeah, that's good. All right. Awesome. Best game direction. Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality, and Stray. What say you, Josh? heard great things about immortality um but i never played any of the games in the series before and honestly it feels a little weird playing fmv games now because i'm not Mm -hmm. 12 um (laughs) but that's just my bias uh i'm gonna guess for me it's gonna be between horizon and god of war but right now it's horizon uh that will Mm. probably change well it could change Mm -hmm. i do really like where it seems God of War is leading me story-wise. But it's also this weird push and pull because I'm always battling against this notion of who I think Kratos is and this game constantly pushing against me saying, no, you're wrong. (laughs) This is not who Kratos is. And I'm like, but no, but I played six games with Kratos. This isn't who he is. And they're like, but no, you played two games with Kratos now and this is who he is yeah uh but for aloy i only know aloy and everything makes sense for me so i'm gonna pick horizon i'm gonna guess god of war wins but it's probably elden ring probably wins (laughs) yeah i mean i think honestly i think elden ring is gonna walk away with most everything that it's nominated for so i think it will win best game direction uh for me it is a toss-up between god of war and horizon um just because i'm not far enough in god of war for when i've played of god of war so far i think the direction has been really really good it's so good Um, so i so I think I will lean that direction, <laughs> but uh, I think Elden Ring will win. Um, and then Game of the Year, Plague Tale, Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. You're welcome, everyone. I love say? that Plague Tale is in this category because mm-hmm. it just really speaks to where they've come. Yeah. 
Uh, Elden Ring's going to win. Yes, I it is. I don't think it should win. Um, but I also don't think Horizon Forbidden West should win Game of the Year. Mm. Um, it'll uh, if I had to pick based off where I think I'm going. Like I said, uh, even though I'm down on God of War right now, I really think it's going to pick up for me. I just think it's a slow start for me. Uh, so I'm going to guess that my pick is God of War. This is weird. It's like a three-tiered list. My current pick is Horizon. I think my pick will be God of War by the time the Game <laughs> Wars comes out. But I know Elden Ring is going to win. Yeah. Uh, because we live in this world now where a certain fan base chooses what's going to win regardless. <laughs> well, I, I just think that the media has a strong appreciation for what FromSoft does. Sure. And when so. you say the media, you mean the loud voices on the internet <laughs> well i mean yes and yeah. that, that is them you know like because like i said the media is who votes for most of this um they there's their vote is what is most important in determining who wins and i think that the media as a whole uh really likes FromSoft games um yeah so i think it's gonna win my pick again horizon since i've seen it through i i really obviously love my time with horizon uh, my hope would be by the time this finishes or shortly after, my I will have finished God of War Ragnarok. Uh, but so that might sway me there. But you know, it's as I start putting my list together for my top ten games of the year, um, there are definitely games that are in my top five that are not represented on this game of the year uh, list agreed. here. <laughs> so uh, it makes it a little tough. But yeah, we'll see. Like I said, I think it's pretty much a slam dunk for Elden Ring though. So. With that, Josh, we kind of move towards wrapping the show up since we're, you know, almost two hours and 40 minutes in. Listen, we're coming after you, PSVG. <laughs> awesome. You uh, any questions or, or statements from the wonderful listeners? We do have a question from the Twitterverse while it still exists. Uh, Splig at Delicious chimes in. Just got back from our Disney vacation. Four out of four kids puked. And a hurricane. It was awesome. (laughs) I'm adding exclamation marks. They're not in here. Uh, Totally out of the news loop for the last month. What's new? All I've played is Snap. Marvel Snap, he means. Hope y'all are well. Well, thanks, Splig at the Delicious. We appreciate that. Uh, We are, as you have heard over the past three hours, we are well. (laughs) Yeah. and you also know that Kyle was also in a hurricane, different hurricane than you. I know, right? Uh, but also in a hurricane in Disney. Uh, I hope your Disney trip was good, minus the vomiting. Uh, what's new? Well, I hope we answered that question for you already. <laughs> True. So uh, this is kind of a predetermined question where you already know your answer. Do you have anything to add to the question? <laughs> No, just uh, glad that you know. Hope the trip was good. Obviously, we ta- uh, we had mentioned on on the social media that we're like, hey, separate hurricanes, go us. Um, <laughs> but no, I yeah, man, Marvel Snap, so much time in it. Whew. But yeah, it's good. But otherwise, nothing really else to add. I think we've answered pretty much everything throughout the show. But like, we appreciate you. Okay, Thank I you hope for, so. <laughs> for saying hello. All right. Well, with that then. Uh, we'll move on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that's helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, I see you have a, a list of recommendations here, so hit us up. What are your recommendations for a well-rounded I do. life? We're, we're monthly now, so I can request multiple things. Right? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I've been listening to some music I haven't listened to for a while, so my first recommendation is listen to the band Tantric. This is the spinoff of the original days of the new minus the crazy lead singer who is 
still a good talented person but uh it's just been a joy to re-listen to an album from my past so maybe not tantric but maybe take yourself back 15 years and listen to uh, a band that you really enjoyed in the time uh it just happened to randomly pop up on my spotify uh and i was like yeah i'm gonna rock onto this this is you know the breakdown uh yeah everything's gonna shake down uh, someday and they have two new <laughs> albums which i didn't know about so i just downloaded their two new albums which i will listen to uh over the course of the week uh if you have kids uh i got a very easy recommendation for you there's a blues clues movie it's on Par- streaming on paramount plus i have never watched blues clues my son has never watched blues clues but i put this movie on and I mean, if you told me my son had never seen Blue's Clues before, I would tell you you were a freaking liar because he he took to it like he'd been watching it his entire life. He <laughs> loves it. He has been watching it nonstop for the past three days. They're singing. There's dancing. There's life lessons. So I'm okay to let him watch it because he's learning. Uh, I love it. Uh, nope. Just hit Peacock on Friday. Uh, I've recommended this in the past. But now if you have Peacock, you can check it out. Watch Nope. It's not as scary as you think. It's a very good sci-fi slash thriller. I would even say remove horror from the vocabulary. It's a very good movie. Uh, Welcome to Wrexham, something I've also talked about in the past, has officially wrapped up at least season one, but the team still goes. Uh, What I really like is you can follow Wrexham as they're still playing soccer or football, depending on your region. And they're winning. It's great to see because I felt like I'm a part of this building of a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Welcome to Rexham. It's an incredible show. It's on Hulu or FX. Uh, Spirited is on my list of things to watch as well that just came out. That's Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell's take on the Ghosts of Christmas Past slash Scrooge storyline. But I haven't watched it yet. So check it out. Uh, and it's Thanksgiving coming up. So please think about other people. Uh, if you can donate to a good cause, an important cause to you, um, or if you just want to donate and you don't know where to donate, my extra life is still going, so you can donate to that. But uh, maybe give give a little on Thanksgiving this year. So those are all of my recommendations. What's your Dang. TBD? <laughs> well, my TBD, I don't really have something specific because I was trying to think of like what I've watched. And like the only movie I could think of I've watched in the last month is Barbarian. Oh, my God. Did you really watch it? I did. Did you like it? I did. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. So I guess that's probably my recommendation is Barbarian. Oh. Uh, I say that because it's weird. Like it's super it's weird. It's a weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. So I had a good time with Barbarian. Um, that's the only thing I really watched. It's on HBO Max, I think, right? Yes. Correct. Is that where I watched it? um so yeah it was kind of weird i had recommended it to someone because i heard it was good i was like hey i heard this was supposed to be really good and then they watched it they're like that was really weird i was like oh really and then i watched it and i was like <laughs> oh man i don't know if i should recommend it <laughs> but i i thought it was fun so uh i i really i've always really liked justin long as an actor he's so good um and it, he's just such an unusual role for him but he does such a good job um yeah but yeah, I really thought it was enjoyable. Uh, so yeah, Barbarian, that's going to be my recommendation. The other recommendation is going to be with Thanksgiving around the corner. Uh, don't be scared to try cooking some things you haven't cooked before. Oh. Uh, I think that, you know, when especially when getting together with family, 
there's a lot of pressure sometimes to make sure that you have the perfect thing. But you know what? Just adventure out. Try something new. There's lots of recipes, a lot of easy recipes that you can try. Um, but don't be afraid to get adventurous. Don't be afraid to try something different. Um, and adventurous doesn't have to mean hard. Um, adventurous can be very easy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, try something new. I have decided, like, for this year, um, I'm someone who's eaten a ton of lefsa in my life, but I've never made it myself. So I am making lefsa this week to see how that goes. And it might be horrible, but you know what? We're going to give it a shot. So we'll nice. see how it goes. So well, good luck. With, with, with the time, try something new. It's going to be great. So with that, hey, Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Oh, boy. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, in addition to finding us on Twitter for now and Instagram <laughs> at Board with Fiji. Uh, listen, the, the news about Twitter's demise is far embellished. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash board with VG. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you don't communicate in the more long form, or maybe you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to reach out to us at our email. That's board with VG at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag board with VG. So please feel free to either use or search for that hashtag uh, as, on all of your social medias. So you can see what we're up to and vice versa. Uh, and whatever podcast you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Uh, you can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, uh, Steam, other things. Uh, why so serious? A Mastodon. <laughs> preparing for the apocalypse. Uh, in Tumblr, at why so serious? That's S I R R I U S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places: Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross C Y C O C R O S S. As a side note, like I said, you know we're getting to the end of the year of this one month experiment. Uh, let us know what you think. Is one month, and at this point, I know most nobody's really listening. It's to the not up to anymore. listen. It's not up to the listeners. It's up to. to I know, what, but I also would just like feedback work, on like structure of the show. <laughs> if we stick with a month, like what would you like structure to be like? What would you like to hear us talk about? Those sorts of things. Uh, but as always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Kyle. Josh. Sounds like Rost. I just wanted to uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys, take care of yourselves. Best of luck. Rost. <laughs>